Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 535. And Foreigner on Rock 102. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but it's wicked cold out. There's a chance of snow uh, between now and 7 o'clock. Not in every area, but some areas may get a little bit of snow. Other than that, it's sunny and a high of 15 today. Tonight, partly cloudy, low of 5. And for tomorrow, it's going to feel like the middle of August. Partly cloudy and a high of 34 degrees. It's currently 12 right now in downtown Springfield. 12. That's awful cold. And in fact, some schools have closed because it's just too cold to learn stuff. And to get buses. And to learn stuff. It's 536 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. GG Inks, screen printing and... Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 550 and Van Halen on Rock 102. Going to see uh, maybe some snow showers this morning up until about uh, 7 o'clock here at Rock 102. Uh, what, what is that? What was that? Was it's that just going end? on and that on. That was the end of the song? Yeah, it, it fades forever. What? Yeah. Is that supposed to be like a day in the life where it's supposed to have like the longest chord ever and it, then they do this backwards record talk? Yeah, it's endless. And that's uh, ultimately that's what broke up the band. Uh, oh, it's David Lee Roth pops in at the end and go and does the reverse. <laughs> 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 it is the bosty bosty bop pity bop yeah, yeah. part. Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, back to the weather. It's going to be freaking cold today with a high of only 15. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 34. It's 12 right now in downtown Springfield. Hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood trash with Steve Nagel, the Rock 102. Well, the internet is still reeling from the sudden loss of Bob Saget. Yeah, never mind his family or his friends or whatever. The internet is we're not really so we're not we're so we're interested about. in what the people who are close to him think. And I don't know why we do this. The constant what happened to Bob? Like they found him in a hotel room. He was unresponsive. He. There was no signs of foul play or drug use. He just died. Like, I know that's not like that. You know, he's, he was only 65 years old, but that kind of happens once you reach a certain age that your your uh, your percentage of you of you dying increases. Yeah. Well, as uh, as the only one of two of us who's only 10 years away from 65. Yeah. Uh, I would like not to think about 65 as the punctuation mark of uh, of life. Yeah, but I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying why do we like dissect this thing? We've already we already know that there's no uh, f- funny business yeah, going on. Yeah, I know, but like 65 is the new 50. And uh, for most of us, the idea of 65 seems a little young to just, you know, die. Right. Yeah, when you're when you're 20 or 25, Someone who's 65 seems like they're, you know, ancient old history. But when you're 50, and you'll experience this soon, Steve, when you're 50, 65 mm-hmm. doesn't sound all that old. Actually, is I don't think 65 sounds that old to begin with. No. I'm just saying why we need to pick apart this whole thing. Just last week, Bob was a guest on a podcast called A Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan. Why, uh, how come we can't get guests like this on a real radio show well, these two idiots who I listened to this podcast for right. 20 minutes longer than I had to. Well, we've had Bob Saget on. I know, but I'm just saying, uh, why is Bob? Why was Bob doing these? Uh, well, maybe kinky... it's our approach. Uh, like saying how we're good 
and hey, we're really good and we're really yeah, popular. As, a, as opposed to saying, hey, listen, if you got nothing else to do. Yeah, we, we suck and uh, we just need somebody to talk to. Might be a good approach to do that. Yeah, we might want to, you know, kind of fudge it a little bit. Anyway, he talks about contracting COVID-19. Bob describes the virus as not good and jokes about which strain he might have had. He also jokes about dying from COVID. It's unclear when he contracted the virus. He did sound like he was under the weather on the podcast, but that said, he did perform on Saturday night, so apparently he'd recovered. Or maybe he thought he had. Ooh. Oh, man, it's all mysterious, isn't it? Yesterday, the police released the 911 call. A hotel staffer had found his body and called to report an unresponsive guest in the room who had no pulse and was not breathing. They checked on him because he was supposed to leave earlier that day, and his family was unable to get a hold of him. He was found on the bed, and he was cold to the touch, yellow and clammy. There were mm-hmm. no signs of trauma, foul play, or drug use. This was around 4 p.m. local time. He had last used his key to enter the room at 2.17 a.m. Yeah, you brought up a good point about how when a celebrity dies, we all want answers. Yeah. Like, how did it happen? It's like, did you uh, did you notice the internet, like, after Betty White died? Mm-hmm. And people were, like, uh, like outraged, like, how could this happen? Well, she was 99. Yeah, I know. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, what do you... I mean, you know, not everybody who's 99 gets to 100. Or the people who say, what did she die of? She died of being 99. 99. I found this great joke yesterday. What's the difference between Paul Walker and Betty White? <laughs> I don't know. Paul Walker hit 100 before he died. Oh, my God. Anyway. Oh, my Lord. Uh, the author- Listen, I'm not available to answer emails today. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. The authorities did find some medication. <laughs> But it was all basic stuff. Ibuprofen, antacid, and antihistamine. Oh, he could have overdosed on that antihistamine. I don't know. I've had some uh, I've had some puke belches in my time, and an antacid couldn't couldn't quite cover. The initial autopsy was completed yesterday, but here's where the, uh, the conspiracy theories come in. The results are inconclusive and pending further investigation, which may take ten to twelve weeks to complete. Who's got that kind of time? You know, we got celebrities dying at the age of 65. We can't wait a single day. But if you know anything about uh, like autopsies and stuff, they don't really do autopsies like they do on TV unless there's something seriously wrong with that person, like a tr- like a traumatic event or a mm-hmm. murder or a beating or something. You mean something dying like in a hotel bed in your sleep isn't a traumatic moment? No, I mean like in a like there was a struggle before they died or gotcha. there was some sort of you know. I don't know what inconclusive means. See, I thought every uh, every aut- uh, <laughs> every autopsy was just like Quincy. Uh, no, it's not. It's not, not like it's Quincy episodes. Like Quincy at all. Uh, Jody Sweeten, uh, Stephanie Tanner from Full House, put out a really touching tribute where she called him the best TV dad ever. She also promised to tell an inappropriate joke at his funeral because that's exactly what he would have wanted. It's true. It is. Bob would have died. Bob died on what would have been his late sister's seventy fifth birthday. We talked about her yesterday. That yeah. his sister had scleroderma, which is a, a terrible skin condition, and uh, Bob did a lot to raise money for uh, scleroderma, scleroderma research. Uh, Bob uh, reportedly talked to his wife Kelly on the day he died. A source says he was excited after performing a great show Saturday night. I'm just going to take a long nap. It was such a great show. I find that I'm uh, I gotta lie down. Uh, Bob's touring part way. Uh, I got. I just got to take my. I just got to rest my feet. Yeah, I'm going to close my eyes for a little bit. Yeah, wake me up at uh, like four o'clock in the afternoon. I'll be sitting here for 16 hours. <laughs> Bob's touring uh, partner Mike Young said Bob seemed great before death. He says uh, everyone was blindsided. It is pretty. 
It is pretty shocking when you see a guy like that who was only 65 and seemed pretty healthy. Like, it's not like, you know, there are uh, people who are were dealing with diseases and, and things. Like, like well, you, you, didn't, you didn't see, like, a rapid decline in the guy. You know, like when Bob Hope was really, really old and towards the end. Everyone mm-hmm. was kind of waiting for it to happen. You know, Pope John Paul II, everyone was kind of waiting for that to go. But then you hear about a guy who nobody expected and had no reason to just, uh, no pre-existing condition that you knew of, uh, Bob Saget. It's like, what do you mean Bob Saget died? You know, Sidney Poitier was in his his 90s. Okay, well, he was in his 90s. I mean, at some point, you got to expect that's going to happen. But guy who's 65, yeah, and, you know, kind of in the prime of his life, you know, you got questions. I got a lot of questions. What is the prime versus the middle age? What's that going on? I don't know. I'm, at, uh, I'm, try- I'm trying to combine the two, and I'm not sure it's working. Uh, Grey's Anatomy is returning for a 19th season, as so it is, and so is Ellen Pompeo. Uh, Twitter users had fun posting jokes about the renewal, like, quote, the fact that Ellen Pompeo could have spent all those years to become an actual doctor. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> 19 seasons of that show? Wow. That's ridiculous. And that's your Hollywood trash on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. If you're str- And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Blow with the King of Snow. Get an errands at Rocky's. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, unless you're Bill Belichick, being a head coach in the National Football League is a temporary position at best. Most head coaches don't last more than a couple of seasons before they get tossed into the scrap heap and left to rot during the upcoming offseason. Why is that? Is it because they're terrible coaches who don't know how to coach the same way some coaches know how to coach? Possibly. But it's also the head coach who takes responsibility for his lousy players. Bad personnel decisions that were not his to make. Ineffective drafting, untimely injuries, poor scheduling. That way, when a team fails to meet expectations, they can sit here all day and say, that guy sucks. During the last few days, there's been a head coaching bloodbath out there. Yesterday, we learned that the Denver Broncos fired head coach Vic Fangio after three consecutive losing seasons, including an unimpressive 7-10 season this year. So did the Chicago Bears, who fired their head coach after four seasons, Matt Nagy, after his crummy team went 6-10 this year, just one year after getting blown out in the playoffs. Then you had the Minnesota Vikings kick head coach Mike Zimmer to the curb after eight seasons and three playoff appearances. And then you had the Miami Dolphins, who just one day after beating the Patriots in the final week, dropped their head coach Brian Flores like the plague after three straight seasons of not making the playoffs. And let's not forget about John Gruden, who was fired by the Raiders earlier this season for being a racist. Or Urban Meyer, who was fired by Jacksonville for, among other things, being a terrible human being. And there's still more to come. That's six teams all looking for new head coaches. Meanwhile, Bill Belichick has held on to his job for 22 seasons. Falling by Sean Payton of the Saints, who's been there for 16 years, and Mike Tomlin of the Steelers, who's been there for 15. After that, things get a little slim. So if you're thinking about switching to head coaching for a living because you're looking for job security, you might want to consider having something to fall back on because that job kind of sucks. But hey, and my yapping sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. What's on sale at Rockies? It's at your fingertips at Rockies.com. And now on Rocky's Ace Hardware app. Or you can go old school and pick up a sales flyer at any Rocky store. What's on sale at Rocky's? It's always at your fingertips at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. 
Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 611, and Def Leppard on Rock 102. There is a windchill advisory in effect until 3 p.m. this afternoon. Windchills uh, as low as 15 below to 25 below zero. That's what it would feel like. Uh, snow until uh, 7 o'clock throughout the uh, Pioneer Valley, depending on where you are. Then mostly sunny today with a high of 12. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 34. That's going to feel like the middle of August. It's going to be like a heat wave. You're, you're going to want to, you'll go outside, say, I don't yeah. even need this, uh, this Gore-Tex jacket at 34 degrees. I'm going shirtless. You know, it's funny. Like, even though the temperature was like, what, 12 this morning? Mm-hmm. And then uh, I come outside of the house and the wind is blowing. But I don't find it particularly cold. Like, it didn't have that, like, uh, face-biting cold wind. Yeah, yeah. Even though uh, it's 12 degrees and the probably wind chill would make it, like, one or two. I don't know. It just it seems kind of weird. I uh, I don't have, like, a real long walk from my front door to my car at home. Yeah. You know, I mean, I have to, you know, walk around my wife's car to get to, to mine. But it's, you know, it's probably, like, 15 feet. But, yeah, when I got to work today... Uh, the walk from my car to the front door here at the office seemed a hell of a lot colder. Now, I don't know if uh, if it's because Hamden is slightly closer to the equator or, or yeah. what it is, but I felt like once I got here, it was it, uh, almost unbearably cold. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty damn cold uh, here in the parking lot at Rock 102. I'm at the age now. I don't know. You're, you're probably a little too young to, to experience this. I'm at the age now yeah. where I like when things are ripping hot. Inside, I don't like a hot day like in the summertime, but I like to be toasty. I no. like it, I, I like toastiness. I'm still one of these. Uh, I need the bedroom to be like an ice box. Yeah, see, I'm not uh, 365 I'm, days a year. My uh, my my wife can't <laughs> sleep without a fan uh, going in the room, and uh, so the room is easily 20 25 uh, degrees colder than anywhere else in the house. But yeah, you know, I'm wearing. Uh, Pants, a jacket, a sw- a sweatshirt, fuzzy socks, and like three or four blankets, yeah, just to get uh, get through the night. You sure it's not your cold, cold heart? No, it's not my cold heart. I'm nothing but warmth, Steve. Uh, yeah, I uh, I I would rather warm up under a blanket than be like the other night. I did that. I I did it. I rarely turn my baseboard heat on, right? Because. A, it's so freaking expensive. Yeah, right. And B, uh, I have those those things on the wall, the Fujitsu's, the the. Oh yeah, yeah, right. Whatever they call it, the split mini splits. The mini splits. Yeah. So I got uh, I got three of those in the house, which actually warms the house up very well to the point where the oil guy was like, uh, "Do you want me to come like every three months?" Instead of every month, because <laughs> you're not using anywhere near the amount of oil that you. Yeah, he's just topping you off. Yeah, and I have uh, I have solar supplement, so it doesn't cost me anything to run those things. So oh I run God. them all the time. You're you're uh, you're all set over there. I am all set over there, and uh, in the summer I run the air conditioning because that they're good for that too. Those uh, whoever invented those things uh, was a genius. I got uh, I told you I got a pellet stove mm-hmm. uh, in the in uh, in one. We have like a, a like a great room, and uh, there's a pellet stove there, and then there's you know gas heat everywhere else in the house, but the uh, the pellet stove you know can it it uh, you know you set it at like like sixty eight seventy degrees, 
and uh, the room temperature winds up being like 95, uh, yeah. 98, or whatever it winds up being. It's uh, it's extremely hot. Yeah, it's too hot. But uh, having said that, uh, I just got myself a delivery of one ton of uh, of pellets. Oh, yeah. And uh, this whole supply thing yeah. is starting to get a little out of hand. Yeah, how much was that pallet of pellets? Nine thousand dollars how much was it really no it was more like uh more like uh, 400 but that was uh that's ridiculous man. i know but it's like you know i used to pay like 200 for a pallet every year it goes up and uh and and this year because of everything else that's going on i had to spend a lot of money for that ton well listen man they already had uh back back in the days when i had my pellet stove yeah. They already had a shortage. There was always a shortage. Every year there was a shortage of, of wood pellets. Right. I don't know what the process is to make these things, but apparently it's not. They don't. They never make enough. So now you comp, you compound that with the problems that we're having with the supply issues. Right. You're screwed, man. Yeah, but I didn't have to wait like a long period of time to get these. I mean, just a couple of days. Like the next week I, I got yeah. a delivery. But I think because... Shipping and trucking and everything yeah. else and supply, everybody's jacking up their prices because that's where they that, weigh the world, bro. That's the way things go, and it, you know it's it's not like I had to order them and then wait four weeks for them to arrive. It was like just a matter of a, a couple of days. Now, to their credit, uh, the guy delivered it and put it right in the garage like a like a champ. The guy was fantastic. He but, put it in the garage. Yeah! Wow, I got a, I got a whole ton of them right there in the garage. <clears throat> he didn't just you know drop them right there in the driveway. He uh, took a hand uh, like a like a hand truck, pushed it right in, and boom, we're all set to go. You could have gotten them cheaper somewhere else. I probably could have. Yes, and then you could have had me because I have a pickup truck. Uh, we could go get it probably in. Uh, well, you could probably do it in one load, but you probably wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, but I, I don't five miles an hour down the road. But I'm not the kind of guy that likes to uh, inconvenience people. And yeah, I, I, no, I'm really not. Yeah. I, I, I have no problem using a, a delivery service, but I don't want to call a guy and say, hey, let me use your truck for about uh, an hour or so while I grab a ton of, uh, of pellets. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I'm not that way. I'm, I, I really don't want to, I really don't want to beg for help. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you kind of do. No, I, I, yeah, really, I think you're I really the kind don't. of person that would be like, oh. No, Help I mean, up. I would rather hire a professional than inconvenience a friend. Uh, uh, that's, that's a, that's a, that's a, a mark of my kindness. Well, we're not friends. We're co-workers. You like me, though. Uh, I we, can see it. You know what? We had this, uh, we had this, I had this conversation with John probably like a year ago. Uh, I think you were out. Right. And then, uh, you know, he, he said something to the effect of, well, you're... Or, you, Something happened where it came up that we were friends. I think maybe a listener said something. Right. And I go, yeah, he, he's a friend. And then, uh, and then John was quick to say, no, we're, we're just coworkers. <laughs> we're not actual friends. No, we're not hanging out. I mean, you're not doing no, any of that stuff. And that's stuff. the thing. We are, we are work friends. That's what we are. That's it. I mean, okay, uh, but, uh, but still friendly to each other. I'm not backstabbing you yet, and uh, I don't. As oh, far I as I know, you all the time. See, I haven't I'm seen all, evidence of that yet. I'm, all, I'm going upstairs. I'm telling the bosses. I'm like, this guy's cuckoo. Really? Yeah. You're yeah, telling oh, yeah. you're telling them that every day. Every day I go up there, and I'm like, did you hear what he did today? Did you see what he did today? <laughs> um, listen, uh, I, I want to get out of here, but I'm going to dance in his grave for the next 15 minutes. You just sit down, shut up, and listen. Yeah, exactly.
you you use the pellet stove. I I have a wood stove in my house right. that I never use because it's too small for the house. Well, what uh, know, what what a, kind of room is it in? Is it in one room or it's in like a dining room, which is it, it's not. I mean, it's not huge, but it's elongated. I so guess it's you a, could so say. it's a large space. It's, it's not a just... large space, and gotcha. it only heats that room, which I really don't need heat for that room because I'm never really in that room. And even you know, I tried doing the the fans through the window through the doorways. That right. doesn't work. No, it just just cools down the air. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, you know, I've had a wood stove before. I had a wood burning insert in a uh, in a yeah. in a chimney in a, or a fireplace. Yeah. And uh, every year, you know, I get a delivery of wood, and every year I'd be stacking it and splitting it, and you know, uh, you know, hauling it upstairs and you know, right there for the uh, the fireplace. And every year, I said the same thing to myself. I said, "God damn it, I hate burning wood." Yeah. It's so labor well, intensive. <laughs> Listen, I like the smell. I like the uh, the feel of the uh, the wood stove. Yeah, but you're right. The the labor involved. It's not like even if you have a guy like you had wood delivered. Yes. Even that to walk outside in 12 degree temperatures to go get a couple of stacks of wood. My problem was I could never. I never had enough wood to keep. I never had enough wood to keep it going. Right. There was always. Um, you know, you know, for example, I let's say I put wood in the fireplace at five this morning or four four thirty this morning. Sure, and then I'm home by noon, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that wood has since burned out, and now the fire needs to be reignited because there was nothing I could do. Listen, there's there's nothing worse than having someone in your house say, "Hey, would you mind go uh, outside in freezing cold temperatures and grab some more wood?" Yeah, uh, I, no, I no, don't. I don't want to. Yeah. Why should I have to do that? Why me? Those people that split their own wood. Oh man! You know, I the thing is, uh, if you've got a a, a a wood splitter, yeah, that's kind of fun work. It's it's, it's kind of fun because you're destroying because you're ripping logs in half. That's just another that's, freaking thing to do, though. True, I don't like the work of it, yeah. but I don't mind putting a couple logs on the splitter. And then letting that machine, you know, yeah. do the work. I kind of like that. I That's worked, fun. I worked for a landscaping company when I was a teenager. Yeah, we used one of those things. That was pretty damn cool. Am I right? It's yeah. very, very cool. But if you got to go out there with like a, with an axe yeah. and uh, you know split your own wood that way, ugh, in the freezing cold, please. Yeah. Good but, God, no. You know what? Maybe I'll get a log splitter. Start splitting logs all day long. It is fun, but I mean, uh, it's, it, but it's again, it's labor because once you split it, what are you going to do? You're going to stack it, and then what are you going to do after that? You take wood off the stack, bring it upstairs, then start the fire, and then you got to go back down and get more wood, split more wood, get it off the stack. Believe me, too <coughs> much, too much. With a pellet stove, all I got to do is is go down to the, uh, the to the garage, grab a fifty pound bag, bring it up, open the bag, dump it in the uh, in the in the machine, and boom, I'm done. I don't have to split anything. All I have to do is throw away the plastic bag when I'm done. Still labor-intensive. If you had oil in your tank, only the guy puts that in there. You don't have to go, like, scoop oil out of yeah, the tank. True, unless I've got a leaky tank. But well, how I'm often does that happen? I'm just saying, if, you know, all normal circumstances, yeah, you yeah. wouldn't have to do that. I, I just don't, I don't, uh, I don't feel like I need to do any more labor <laughs> to, to keep you. myself warm. The, the, the older you get, the less labor you want to do. Now At least I, that's what I think. Now I know when my dad was always walking around, I was going, put a goddamn sweatshirt on. 
You want to warm up? Put your sweatpants on. It's 623 on Rock 102. Are you looking for some good... Uh, 626 with Bax and Steve Nagel on Rock 102. A wind chill advisory is in effect until 3 p.m. today. Could feel like negative 25 at the worst. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, going to be snowy this morning until about 7 o'clock, and then that'll end, and then uh, mostly clear skies with a high of only 15. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 34. It's 12 right now in downtown Springfield. Uh, later on this morning, another exciting round of uh, Am I the A-Hole? That's coming up. And then uh, tomorrow, Steve Weissman from Scamicide.com. Brand new scams for 2022, and we'll get to the bottom of every Good. single one of them. COVID scams. Yeah, a that's, lot of them. That's what uh, he's going to be talking about. Yeah, so we'll get, to the, uh, we'll get to that tomorrow. In the meantime, let's laugh. Tell me. Tell me what's funny. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Joke of the day brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Get three years complimentary maintenance at Gary Rome Hyundai. Whiting Farms Road in Holyoke, and that's no joke. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, well, uh, a guy and his his uh, five year old son were walking together one day, right? Right. And they stumbled across two dogs that were uh, going at it with each other. If you know what I'm saying. Okay. All right. Sure. And As then, dogs uh, often do. And the kid says, uh, "Hey, why is that dog hurting the other dog?" And the dad says, "Well, he's not hurting her. They're making a puppy." So then, a couple of nights later, the boy walks in uh, on dad and mom going at it with each other. Right. right. You know, accidentally. And then the kid says, Daddy, why are you hurting Mommy? And he goes, I'm not hurting Mommy. We're making a baby brother. And then the boy goes, well, flip her over. I'd rather have a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> That's so <laughs> disgusting. Did you see that? Did you see that one? <laughs> Booyah! Bax and O'Brien on Rock 102. Springfield's Classic Rock. 6.30 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Noonan Energy, serving Western Massachusetts for over 125 years. NoonanEnergy.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Hey, remember I was just talking to you yesterday about, hey, how come we don't have, like, an app to show our vaccine cards and all that stuff? Yeah. Well, get this. Massachusetts residents can access their COVID-19 vaccine card and vaccine history digitally. Perfect. According to a news release, the new tool is called my Vax records and allows people who have gotten their vaccine in Massachusetts to access their vaccination history and generate a COVID-19 digital vaccine card, which contains similar information to a paper CDC card. Thank you, because I don't know how long, much longer that piece of paper is going to be holding up. <laughs> and, you know, they said they didn't want you to, to laminate the thing, right? Yeah, and uh, I'm afraid of losing it, because if I lose it, if I get one more vaccine, I get a free sub. From Atomic Sub. <laughs> you don't you yeah. definitely don't want to miss out on that. Yeah, you get your fourth you get your fourth booster. Uh you can get a free sub out of this thing. But I I wound up giving it to that guy. Tim Watley's party. <laughs> the uh, digital cards produced by the system use the smart health card platform and generate a QR code to verify vaccination. It is also it is noted that the Baker Polito administration is not requiring residents to show proof of vaccination to enter a venue. However, the tool will help residents who want to access and produce a digital copy of their record. This makes a whole lot of sense. I don't know why they didn't just start doing this from the beginning. Because I don't think they uh, thought we'd be holding on to these things two years later. A uh, person enters their name, date of birth, and mobile number or email associated with their vaccine record after creating a four-digit PIN. What's yours? 
One, two, four, three, four. Uh, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Mine is like that, but it's asterisk, 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 asterisk. Really? Yeah. I would like to have umlauts, but there's nowhere on the keyboard that no, lets you put don't. umlauts. What the hell is an umlaut? Well, you ever see, like, in uh, certain European uh, languages, the two dots above the vowel? Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, that's an umlaut. Ooh, umlaut. An umlaut. Uh, yeah, the electronic record shows the same information as a paper CDC vaccine card, including your name, your date of birth, your date of vaccinations, your vaccine manufacturer, your mother's maiden name, your social security number, yep. all your credit history, all that stuff. It's right in there. I told you that uh, you know I've rarely had to produce the card, but there have been a couple of occasions where it was it was necessary. Yeah, I went to a, a concert in uh, in Fall River where the card was mandatory to mm -hmm. get in. And I just thought, well, that's uh, that's weird. But then I, but it was like no big deal to do it. But like, yeah, I mean, after a while, you know, these things get uh, they get damaged, they get lost. I, mean, yeah. I don't even. I mean, I know where mine is because my wife has it set aside, like you know, right in a certain part of our house. I can't find my keys half the time, or my or my glasses, but I can I can find my vaccination card. Uh, well, that's good. At yeah. least you can find it. Because apparently that's the most important thing in the house. Uh, I just had to send one to work here the other day. I Because um, it was some kind of OSHA regulation thing. Right. Yeah. See, I had an old picture, an old screenshot of mine, and I just forwarded that uh, over. Uh, speaking of this vaccine, uh, you know, like getting into venues, that uh, that congressman down in Florida... Uh, the one who likes children too much. Uh, uh, yeah, yes. Matt Gates. Gates. Yes, yes, yes. So he he sends a letter to Ron DeSantis about the illegal vaccine passports, the 30A Songwriters Festival. You ever hear of that one? Sure. So they they're requiring everybody who who goes to either have a vaccine card, or you have to have a negative test within I think it's like 72 hours of the event starting sure. or something like that. Well, he's not. He's upset about that. Because that's violating the governor's order of yeah. that you're creating two classes of people, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated, and you're discriminating against the the unvaccinated. Yeah, but that's not the governor really doing that. That's individual <sighs> choice for those who've chosen to not get vaccinated. Yeah. You know. I mean, I you mean, know, with all the, uh, you know, the... Uh, the legal issues he's facing with, uh, you know, sex with minors. You think he'd have no time to worry about this vaccine thing? Well, he's he's trying to uh, he's trying to distract you from all his other uh, his other problems. Uh, I guess so. Uh, the Massachusetts Gaming Commission agreed Monday to cover the legal fees its former executive uh, director incurs responding to a subpoena issued to him in uh, connection with a lawsuit that claims Encore Boston Harbor shortchanged slot machine players. Neither the commission nor former executive director Edward Bedrosian are parties to the lawsuit or are accused of wrongdoing, but the plaintiffs have subpoenaed both to, pri to provide deposition testimony and documents as they challenge the Everett Casino's practice of paying out only full dollars at the slot ticket redemption kiosk. The issue is, now I guess when you go to a casino yeah. and you, uh, you, put the, you put your money in, Right. And right. then you go to one of those like penny slots where there's like three cents in the left in the machine, but you don't have the machine doesn't give change. It only gives you the, the ticket. The ticket. Right. But the ticket, 
used to be able to go to the, the, the money machine and get the three cents. Right. Now you can't do that anymore. They round up. Or they round down. They don't round up or they don't round down. They only give you, like, let's say you had a dollar three left in the machine. Right. They'll give you the one dollar bill, but the three cents, if you want that, you have to take that ticket to the actual cashier that's wherever that is on the other side of the casino, I guess. So that winds up being like tons of money after a period of time, right? Well, it's actually a very smart way to make money on the casino's part. Well, exactly. Because. You could see, their thinking is, hey, most people are going to say, I, this isn't worth me waiting in line. Yeah, for three cents. Or even 40 cents. Yeah. I bet you there's, there, there's, a, there's a threshold limit of how much you're going to waste your time standing in line. If you, only, if you have less than a dollar in your pocket and the machine's not going to give you the money, you're not going to stand there for a couple hours. And then those things are only, there's a limited amount of time that those tickets are valid for. Right. So once that... Once that ticket is invalid, then that money goes right back to the casino. On the other hand, if you're so cheap that you want to do the uh, the penny slots, then every penny matters. Yeah, but you know what? When you do penny slots, you can bet up to like $8 at a time. So it's Wow. Really, yeah, but it's really not a penny. It's, it's, you can use pennies to create that $8 bet. Right. But it's really not... Yeah, see, I, I I don't I can't tell you that I've had a, a lot of enough experience at the slots uh, to, to to know, and I also know that when I'm at the slots, I've rarely ever seen a ticket come out of the machine. So, no, yeah, you know, who am I to say? You know, and then they uh, there there was one part of this article where what they're doing is like when you take the ticket to the machine, you can donate the change portion. To some sort of charity. Like, I'm going to do that. Well, because a lot of people don't want the pocket change either. Is there really a change shortage in this country? Is I, there really? I, I don't know. I mean, to me, I it's, don't think there is. I got plenty of change in my house. No kidding. And, if, you know, and, I, and it just accumulates. I got, I got a bunch of nickels and dimes on my uh, nightstand that I never actually put into the bucket. And one of these days, yeah. I'll probably change in the bucket for real cash. But not I, now. I don't think there's any real change shortage. I think that's just one of those things where they didn't want coins because they were worried that, you know, the handling of money was going to spread the virus and things like that. You know what it is? Nobody wants to deal with nickels and pennies anymore. Nobody wants that. Well, who, you know, we who, who wants who wants uh, like a pocket full of change rattling around in your pants all day? I don't. Well, uh, what about that lovely wedding gift you received that was nothing but change? Yeah, that was terrific. And it was still the value of what a normal wedding gift would be. No doubt about it. Yeah. Yes. And I appreciate your your sacrifice. And, And not only coming up with that kind of money, but also going out of your way. To create an imbalance in the uh, the coinage supply chain. Even the people at the bank were like, "The hell do you want with all this money and change?" I'm like, "I'm doing a science project." Yeah. <laughs> a man from Boston was sentenced to prison in federal court in Springfield for marijuana distribution and tax offenses, according to a news release sent to 22 News from acting U.S. Attorney Nathaniel Mendel with the uh, District of Massachusetts. 36-year-old Zachary Sweener 
was sentenced to three months in prison and three years of supervised release in order to pay $156,000 in restitution. You sure his name isn't Zachary's Wiener? That's what I was trying to get at. Zachary's Wiener. Right. Yeah. Like uh, like Mr. Hunt. Exactly. Yeah, right. Uh, Michael, I believe his first I, name it, is. It could be, yes. Uh, anyway, uh, Mendel says Sweener conspired with others to distribute marijuana from 2014 to 2017. Authorities searched his home in 2017 and seized 1,000 marijuana vape oil pens and more than $90,000, two gold bars, and other luxury items. I always wanted a gold bar. That would be kind of cool. What are you going to do with a gold bar? Just look at it. Yeah, but you get something that, that's a gold bar is worth thousands of dollars. Right. I, I just want to be rich enough where I could be holding one of those. See, if I had a gold bar, what I'd want to do is sell the gold bar so I get my thousands of dollars. No, I'd use it for paperweights. I don't so know pap- why you'd want to do so that. So papers don't blow off your desk. Couldn't you just get a rock from outside? Yeah, I guess you could do that. Sweener failed to report more than $625,000 in income, which would be more than $150,000 in federal taxes. The false income tax return was filed in 2013 by substantially underreporting income, and he also failed to file tax returns for years 2014 and 2015, despite earning over $250,000 each of those years. Good for him. <coughs> He's doing all right. Selling weed. Weed vape. Sweener pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to distribute marijuana, one count of possession with intent to distribute, and one count of filing a false tax return and uh, failing to file tax returns. You know what, though? Like, yeah, this guy's wrong, but the state kind of set that up for people to be doing all those things. When they started legalizing it, yeah, and then they were very unclear about, you know, because uh, you talk to anybody who grows marijuana— you know, I think they think they can grow like up to a thousand plants or something, but I don't. I don't think that's really the law. No, I mean the, the laws. I mean it's it's not all that ambiguous. I mean, if you're doing home growing, you're limited to how many plants you can yeah. cultivate, and and if you're and if you're a uh, if you're running a grow facility, that's a totally different kind of uh, your license. Yeah. And even then, I think there's limits. Yeah, there's there's way too much red tape around uh, these things. But to 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 say, uh, w- with that disconnect between when they legalized it, yeah, to the time that it became available to everybody, not just medical patients, there was a whole lot of time in there, and it was a whole lot of time for people to start growing it on their own. Oh, I know. What do you need a dispensary for if you're uh, if you're already if you got access to it? Yeah, I, I know uh, people that uh, that do grow on their own, and you know it's like uh, it's it's a lot of labor. You know, we yeah. talked about labor earlier in the hour. How neither one of us likes a whole lot of it. Mm-hmm. It's a very scientific, complicated process yeah. to do it correctly. But man, do you yield a lot of bud? I try, tried it once. Somebody gave me a seed last it was during 2020 right and i grew it from april to about september mm-hmm. and it actually grew pretty high yeah but it didn't get you high it was one of these uh hermaphrodites they call uh, it. it comes yeah. out with the male and the female parts oh yeah so it was good for nothing so then i just bothered not even bothered well let's trying. not dismiss hermaphrodites i mean they're people too for crying out loud no these, these are plants all oh, right yeah. yes yeah but well, i mean but the, the guy i one of the guys i knew that was growing this stuff you know his. Uh, you know he had the uh, the six plant. You no, know, he had the what are they like twelve? If there's two adults in the house. Yeah. 
had 12 plants. I mean, the guy had like an enormous amount of uh, weed at the end of it. Enormous. Yeah. Which, like, I don't even know how you could uh, smoke that much in a whole year. But yet, you do, because you got it all. I mean, he was taking, like, these big, giant totes, these big Rubbermaid totes loaded with weed. Loaded. See, I like seeing stuff like that. To to me, it's like this was the answer. Why would you want to stand in line forever if you... uh, if you can grow it at home and and have more than you could ever possibly buy at a dispensary, you go broke at a dispensary buying that much weed. Yeah, I would imagine so. You know, I uh, I had a all the funny names they have with this weed. Yeah, I smoked a joint uh, called the Wonka Bar. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I didn't see any Oompa Loompas, but I did have a full on conversation with Gene Wilder for about forty five minutes. And at the end of it, he yells at you, "You get nothing! You get nothing! <laughs> you stole fizzy lifting drinks." Uh, as a general rule, anyone who tells you to do this probably doesn't know what they're talking about. A prominent anti-vaxxer named Christopher Key won't stop claiming the vaccine is a bioweapon, and his newest advice is to skip your booster and drink your own urine instead. He posted a video and claimed there's a ton of evidence to support what he calls urine therapy. He doesn't uh, actually present any of that evidence, though. He just says, do your own research, because that's the lazy way of saying, I don't have any evidence. Yeah. You know what? Uh, given a choice between using something that is a, a bioweapon or, what, or, or, drink, or guzzling down a whole bucket load of my own yeah. juices, I think I'd probably take the shot. Couldn't you just take a Coors, Coors case of Coors Light and do the same thing? <laughs> It's a silver bullet. That tastes like a goat pee, though. Yeah. No, I I think this guy stands on his own. I'm not following his advice. He admits it sounds crazy. He actually says that multiple times, but he claims he's been doing it himself for 23 years to cure various ailments. He also admits... Yeah, if you've been doing it for 23 years, there is no point that you're going to say this sounds crazy because if you've been doing it for that long, it's normal to you. Well, I, what I want to know is what leads up to the decision to try it for the very first time. I don't know. He also admits there haven't been any real peer-reviewed studies on it, and it's all anecdotal evidence, except he mispronounces it antidotal evidence. Antidotal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you there's, know, there's a lot of people out there that, uh, that claim that this stuff is uh, good for you. But it's like uh, it's like if someone serves you a plate of beets, they'll say it's good for you. But I'm not eating that. You know, and this is the you know they're showing this video of this guy, and he's doing this seminar, if you will, and he's wearing a lab coat. Worst TED talk ever. He's not a doctor. Why would you wear a lab coat? Because it gives you the illusion that exactly. you know what you're talking about. Just like remember those two guys that came out, and I spotted that crap right away. There's two guys that came out. Uh, right as the pandemic was hitting, and then it was like these two doctors who had scrubs on, right? And they were in this, uh, they were in this office, and they were, I don't, I don't know what they, they, they were like making up their own story about how uh, things go v- are are like viruses. Sure. And it turns out that, yeah, these guys were quote doctors, but they were like. Uh, <sighs> I don't know how to say this without being insulting. Go ahead. Uh, they own, like, the Jiffy Lube of doctor's offices. <laughs> like, the Dr. <laughs> Nicks of right. the world. Sure. 
uh, all, uh, were, were, these guys were behind that thing and had been shunned from different medical uh, institutions because of their uncouth practices that didn't follow what the science was saying. Right. It, that's all you need to do. You just need to look official. I'm telling you. Uh, that time I directed traffic out in East Longmeadow with yes. the fireworks years ago. You put on a vest, and all of a sudden you look like a construction guy, and you can direct traffic. You know, it's I, that easy to do. Now that you bring this up, it uh, actually brings up an interesting uh, conversation. How come if you are a receptionist in a medical office, you're required to wear scrubs? What uh, is the chance that you're going to be performing any procedures other than filing and making copies of my insurance card? Could be just a uniform thing. Why? Well, if everybody's wearing the uniform, why not you wear the uniform? Well, why couldn't they just wear nice clothes like anybody else and look uh, professional? What the hell do you care whether they're wearing scrubs or not? If I were working in a medical office, I'd wonder why I have to wear scrubs. If I'm not a doctor or a nurse, or I might get some... Like a, like a, I don't know, toxic uh, fluid on me uh, because I did a procedure. That'd be one thing. But why does the office staff have to wear scrubs? I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe every once in a while you got to pick up a urine sample. Please. You don't think that those people uh, go into the box on the other side of the bathroom wall and pull that urine sample out of that little metal box? Not if they're fielding phone calls and setting appointments. I think that's two totally different skill sets. Who is the guy who invented that? That's what was like the first glory hole. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, having these people carry their own urine out in a plastic jar yeah. is just not working for anybody. Yeah, I know. I Let's know. put a box... That opens on one side inside the bathroom where they can put that pee in. Yeah. And then you can see all the other uh, residuals from all the other bottles that were in there. <laughs> I told you years ago, uh, you know, I had to give a semen sample. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you do that, you almost wish they had that little, that little you know, slot to put uh, your sample in. Yeah. But no, I had to walk a cup across a hallway it's pretty clear what I was, uh, you yeah. know, what I had. It's it's not like you conceal it. You've got a little cup with a lid, and you just Whoa. give it to the to the nice young lady in the window. How come this is the first time I'm hearing that you donated a sample? Of I didn't. Your it DNA? was it, well. It was uh, we went through IVF uh, for ah, and uh, ah. and we did all that stuff. Ah, I, ah. I talk, talked about it on the air at the time, but yeah, I actually had to walk across a hall to deliver this stuff for the second time. Mm. If you know what I'm saying. You know what? I could say about 150 different jokes right now. Oh, but you're but, all out of time. But we wouldn't have a job <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> Your Pioneer Valley forecast today is going to be, uh, well, uh, mostly sunny for, the mo for, for a good part of the day with a high of only 15. Tomorrow, sunny and a high of 34. It is a beautiful 11 degrees in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Pat Kelly. Join me Monday afternoons at 320 for What's the Word? And I ain't no watching it wrong. Some folks are on silver spoon and ham. Y'all don't help themselves, y'all. But when the tax man comes to the door, y'all, the house look like a rummage sale, yeah. It ain't me.
Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 6.56 on Rock 102. Wind chill advisory in effect until 3 p.m. today. Could see uh, temperatures uh, feel like negative 25 uh, and a high of only 15 for the day. And tomorrow, sunny with a high of 34. It's 11 in downtown Springfield. Rock 102 is bringing you to New England paper football all season long, of course. And uh, this Saturday is no different. They are taking on the uh, Buffalo Bills uh, in the wild card round. The live Country Hyundai pregame show begins at 5 with kickoff scheduled for 8:15, join Bob Sochi and Scott Zolak as they bring you all the play-by-play action. The Patriots play here on Rock 102. I was just reading this morning that, uh, let's see, where is this uh, Super Bowl thing? Uh, Los Angeles? Uh, yeah, I think it was Los Angeles. Was it the uh, who's going to win kind of thing? Uh, oh, they're, they're doing like a predictive thing? Yeah, and the Patriots weren't even in it. Yeah, well, uh, the Patriots are not uh, a high seed. Yeah, uh, let's see. Uh, perhaps not surprisingly, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers have the best odds, while Ben Roethlisberger and the Pittsburgh Steelers are actively accepting your thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> the Steelers have... <laughs> no, no flowers, but donations can be made right. to the following charity. The Steelers have by far the worst odds, though they're still happy to just be in, coming within seconds of missing the cut on Sunday night. <laughs> Here's the full set of odds, according to Fox Sports. You ready? Yes. Green Bay Packers, plus 375. If you bet $10, you'd win $47.50. Okay. All right? Sure. Kansas City. You bet $10, you win $52.50. All right. Uh, the Bills and the Bucks are tied. Really? Plus seven fifty. Yeah. I'm actually surprised by that. Me too. Because I, I think the Buccaneers the Buc- are a much better team. Absolutely. Uh, the Titans, uh, plus eight fifty. The L.A. Rams, plus $1,000. Well, I All guess. Right. And the Steelers are plus $6,600. So, so you bet $10, you win $670 total. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that's a totally good uh, that's a totally good deal. You're only losing ten bucks, but you could gain a hell of a lot. Uh so if you're hoping to see Tom Brady face off against Bill Belichick and the Patriots in the Super Bowl, it's a reasonably likely scenario. It can happen. It I don't think it will, happen. but I think it I think it could happen. Wouldn't that be something though? Oh yeah, that would be a, that would that would make some yeah. headlines. Come on, we, Tommy. I know all you're up to your old tricks. <laughs> Come on, you straight-faced old bastard. I'll kick your ass any day of the week with my avocado ice cream. It's 6.59 with Bax and Nagel on Rock 102. Hey, it's Pat Kelly. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Blow with the king of snow. Get an errands at Rocky's. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Well, folks, after watching all 42 college football bowl games during my strenuous COVID-19 quarantine, it finally came all to a head last night as the number three Georgia Bulldogs won their first national championship in 42 years by beating the top-ranked Alabama Crimson Tide during the college football national championship presented by AT&T by a score of 33-18. Their first college football championship since 1980 back when I was just 14 years old and beginning to enter puberty. 
Now, I don't know if you watched the college football national championship presented by AT&T last night or not. And I suppose I could very well sit here and give you all the highlights of the college football national championship presented by AT&T. But the truth of the matter is I'm simply not buying this format of determining a national champion. As you know, the national champion is determined by a four-team format in which the teams are carefully selected by the college football playoff board, which naturally excludes nearly every other team in America in preference of a system which nobody really understands and nobody, if they're honest, really likes. And yet, the college football national championship presented by AT&T is still under agreement to keep this four-team format until the 2025 season. However... There is a lot of talk about modifying the format to become less exclusive and expand the number of teams that would be eligible to play in the College Football National Championship presented by AT&T. You see, in this case, you had Alabama beat number four Cincinnati in the CFP semifinal during the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. And then you had Georgia upset number two Michigan in the CFP semifinal Capital One Orange Bowl. But what about everybody else? Where was number five Baylor or the number six Ohio State Buckeyes? Were they not good enough to vie for the national championship uh, presented by AT&T? This is the question that a lot of people are asking. In fact, in the next couple of weeks, the CFP is slated to meet to discuss expanding the field. That way, perhaps down the road, there might be a little more fairness when it comes to determining who plays in the college football national championship presented by AT&T rather than what they have now, which is garbage. But hey, and if I'm yapping, sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Snow, ice, blistering cold, Rockies. Before and after the storm, get anything from an ice scraper to a snowblower at Rockies Ace Hardware, including ice melt, a roof rake, or just a decent snow shovel. Rockies is your winter storm headquarters before and after the storm at Rockies Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. It's Classic Rock. It's 710 with Bax and Nagel and Rock 102. Classic Rock. Anyway, it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. Steve. A wind chill advisory is in effect until 3 p.m. today. Could see uh, or could feel like negative 25 out there, but probably only negative two. It's okay. It's a high of 15 today. It's 11 right now in downtown Springfield. Tomorrow on the uh, the show, Steve Weissman from Scamicide.com is brand new scams for 2022, including a bunch of new COVID scams. We'll get to the bottom of that tomorrow morning. Uh, so here it's time for M I N A hole. We gotta we gotta come up with an intro for that one. We don't have an intro. We don't need an intro. We kind of do. I think we need something. I just don't know what that's gonna be yet. Well, we can figure it out at some other time. Yes. Uh, here we go. Uh, am I the a hole for telling my aunt to? F- is it aunt or aunt? I say aunt. Uh, aunt to focus on her junky kid rather than my life. You ready? Okay. My aunt Deb has three kids. One died from an OD, the other is struggling with an addiction, and the third one is just an a-hole. My dad's side of the family does not like my mom, except for my grandma, and we do not like them. They are quite conservative and like things their way. This weekend, I spent my days off with my dad's side of the family in another town. I did not want to go, but my dad was pretty adamant. I didn't argue with him, but I made it clear I wasn't putting up with any crap from them anymore. All right. He said, uh, okay, and that was the end of it. First day there, everything was fine, but then the crap went down the second day. What happened? My Aunt Deb was harassing me and my life choices the entire day. She talked about my education and said if she were me, she'd be embarrassed. She brought up my boyfriend and how she thinks he's probably abusing me because he's brown. 
She asked him if I was planning on having a kid soon with my abusive boyfriend, and yada, yada, yada. Well, you yada, yada, yada over the best part. I mentioned the fact that she was racist. <laughs> uh, here's where I may be the a-hole. I hit my absolute limit when Deb said, I can't believe you work at the same place as your mother. That's effing pathetic. Do you really want to be like her? That's so embarrassing. I'm embarrassed for you. Okay, so... uh, So she goes, I looked at her and I said to her to stop talking about my pathetic life. I told her she should be focusing on her junkie daughter and preventing her from ending up like the other one that died. Ooh, Ooh, that's a little cold. Everyone in the room was looking at me. I automatically felt like the a-hole. My aunt called me a, a bee and left my other aunt's house. My dad is pissed because he told me to apologize and I haven't done that yet. And I really don't want to. I know I went too far, but she shouldn't have talked about my mother like that. Uh, and here's, uh, you know, all these people chimed in. So then she uh, she added, thank you for all the, uh, oh, now I just lost it. Can't believe this. Well, so you know, is she an yeah. a-hole for, for uh, lashing I, out like that? I don't think so. I, I really don't think so. I think when you put yourself in a position to be surrounded by other a-holes. Yeah. And you're provoked. You're you know, at... At, at some point, you know, you have to believe the gloves are coming off and you're going to force somebody into the glass. Yeah. So, no, I don't, uh, I don't, maybe her choice of, uh, of wording, especially talking about the, uh, the dead daughter, probably wasn't such a, such a great idea. But she had every right to defend herself and every right to say enough is enough. Yeah. Um, I, maybe, I wouldn't apologize either. I really wouldn't. Well, you know, I think uh, these people, including Aunt Deb, uh, you know, the reason why she's lashing out at you probably has nothing to do with you, but everything to do with Aunt Deb. Aunt Deb sounds like a real winner. Well, you That's know, the, what she sounds. She like. sounds like the kind of person that is so miserable with her own life that she's uh, incapable of letting anybody else enjoy their own life. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird though that uh, Aunt Deb would be. So mean mm. after suffering through such loss. Yeah. Usually, when people uh, suffer that kind of uh, loss, that they're pretty much devastated and don't really concern themselves with other people's issues because you're dealing with so much angst and anxiety over the fact that you've lost a child, which or, is very, uh, you know. Sure. Absolutely. Or she could be projecting her own anger and grief onto everybody else. And God forbid someone be happy. In their life, when yeah. they're suffering so much, because what you don't know is, what has Aunt Deb done to get beyond some of these uh, these pains of her life? And, you it, know, and if she's done nothing except sit there and let it fester, then projecting it onto other people, then at some point someone is uh, is entitled to say, "Hey, you know what? You're being a real jerk." And uh, you know, it could very well be that she's upset that none of her kids turned out successful like this kid did. Right. So she's she's like, all right. Well, you should be in crap land too. Yes. With me. And like, uh, you know, how mm. how dare your life go better than mine? Uh, you ready for another one? I'm ready. Am I the a-hole for not wanting my wife to take part in designing the basement? I, 26 male, just got married to my wife, 25 female, back in September. My wife and I have been saving and investing throughout high school and college, so we were able to close on a really nice house. The house is 2,800 square feet and comes with five bedrooms, three and a half bathrooms, a finished basement, a back patio, a hot tub, and a kitchenette. Big place. 
Uh, we bought this house and we were hoping to raise a family in this home. So we're having, we have two living areas, the basement living area and the main floor living room. I figured my wife would want to take priority over the main floor, so I said she could design the main floor living room the way she would like, as well as the master bedroom. But I wanted to design the basement living area the way I wanted it to. My wife asked me why she couldn't help with the basement, so I told her that I wanted to turn the space into a man cave. So whenever I invite friends over, we got a place to hang out. Well, my wife was angry when I mentioned that what the space would be used for, and she said she didn't want the space to be turned into a man cave, and we both had to agree on how the basement living area would be designed and what it would be used for. Mm. I was a little irritated after hearing this, so I told my wife I'm letting her design the living area and master bedroom 100% the way she wants, and that I just wanted the basement living area to completely the way I wanted it to be. I also added that since we currently have no children, and are not expecting one at the moment, that she could use any one of the bedrooms for something extra. After I said that to my wife, she started guilt-tripping me, saying that, I, that she was offended and I was excluding her, and now it's not just my house, it's our house. You gotta have a little leeway. <clears throat> it sounds like uh, this guy's being a little inflexible. Uh, I haven't started anything yet in terms of designing the basement living area, but I really want a space in the house that's kind of my own and is designed the way I want. I've been I've tried explaining this to my wife, but she keeps saying that I'm being selfish, so I wanted to know if I'm really being the a-hole here. Uh, and many people have suggested I take one of the empty bedrooms and use that as a man cave rather than the whole basement. I'm not doing that. <laughs> um, well, I mean, if she's got... If she's got 90% of the house yeah. and you want 10% of the house, right? I think that's pretty damn fair. Well, I mean, at some point, uh, she'll probably get 50% of the house. Yeah. And then you're going to worry about who's divvying up what rooms. Um, yeah, I mean, you you got you to gotta be able to, to give him something. Yeah, well, you know, you, but you've, you've also got to be willing to compromise... Your stance on on both ends, okay? Guy would like to have a man cave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, uh, I'll, I'll allow him the opportunity to do that. On the other hand, he's being kind of inflexible too. Yeah, you know, insisting that it's got to be his way or the highway, and there's there's no room for compromise. Well, you know, Steve, in a relationship, sometimes you have to compromise on things mm-hmm. just for the benefit. Of the relationship, oh, compromise he even sucks. Oh, it's no no one likes to compromise, but you realize that you know for the uh, for the the larger point of view, sometimes compromise is the only thing you can do. Sometimes you just got to suck it up and say, "All right, I'll have the man cave, and there will be elements of pink, or there will be throw pillows that you can choose. Yeah, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah, but it's, it sounds like she doesn't even want to do that. She sounds like she wants to design. The whole room. Well, is it possible that they could maybe compromise and have her help design a man cave? Like, you know, agree that that space will be a man cave. Yeah. Can she help you design a man cave as opposed to what a guy would normally do, which would be a couple to get a grubble, a couple of uh, cinder blocks and a couple of two by fours and call that a coffee table? You know, I got to tell you, uh, you go around in my house. My house is so odd. It's just odd. There's just odd things, like, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I would say that it was cluttered. Sure. Not dirty. Cluttered. cluttered. 
there's just mismatched things. There's place. There's things where they shouldn't be. Right. Uh, but I'm at the point in my life where I kind of don't care. Sure. Like to me, I was telling you about that couch, that big Cadillac couch I bought yesterday at Bob's. You know, it's too big for the room. <laughs> like but right. But I don't care. I'm past the point of caring what that things don't look like the Homes and Gardens magazine. I don't care. No. And why should you? I it's sh- a it's a couch that you're comfortable in. It's got all them uh, fancy attachments. Yeah. Yeah. Why should you have to? Why does it have to fit in there perfectly? It doesn't. No. You know, uh, you know and and to my girlfriend's credit, she's been she's been kind of helping me. Right. Uh, try to decorate a little bit because mm-hmm. now I like have towels in my bathroom I can't use. Like they're those. Oh, they got the guest towels. It's like a it's a it's a ladder, but with uh, shelves on it. Right. And then there's like towels. And then there's a candle that should never be burned ever. It's just there to just like there. A little guest soaps that were like uh, shaped like rosebuds. And then a ring of keys, <laughs> like okay. old skeleton keys. Sure. Yeah, to kind of you know uh, give a little oomph to the d- d- decor in the house. Right. Which is all fine and dandy, but like I don't really have a design bug in me See, to we, do the rest of the house. We we kind of have a, a similar issue uh, in our house. There's a uh, in the basement, there's a there's a room mm-hmm. that was you know uh, you know walled out and and yeah. everything, and it was used as storage, or like a actually it was more used as kind of like a like a tool room. You know, it had like a, you know pegboard on yeah, the yeah, walls yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. Well, I mean, t- a- when we moved in, it was like a perfect space for me to put my drums. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you know, COVID happens, and then I start all the podcasting stuff, and I wind up putting all that equipment in that room. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's like a, a perfect spot for it. You right. know, you can close the door and you, there's no noise. And Jenny's not a real fan of me putting it all there because it could also be used for storage. I say it could be done, used for both. You mm-hmm. know, so, uh, you know, I mean, I have to have that equipment somewhere in the house. So when you're talking. That's a perfect, to, perfectly good place to do it. So when you're talking to these famous musicians, they yeah. have no idea that uh, not only are you sitting on. Uh, very expensive podcast equipment. Right. But also sitting next to a Sterlite tote from Costco. <laughs> what? It was only sometimes, seven bucks for this thing, and now it's filled with our memories. Sometimes I'll do these interviews uh, on Zoom. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these people are doing the Zoom in their house, and usually in a living room or, you know, a bedroom or whatever. And, and here I am sitting in a basement, and there's a black blanket. Uh, hanging from a wall behind me. Looks that's like your the, background? That's my background. Oh, to cover it's like, up the, it's like the cheapest that, thing you could ever imagine. It's to cover up all the totes behind you, isn't it? Yeah. And like, I forgot who yeah. it was I was talking to, but he and I were like laughing at the fact that you know he's sitting in his beautiful home, and I'm sitting in front of a, a like a moving blanket that's yeah. held on the wall with nails. I just uh, I have all this knickknack stuff around my house. I like old things. I like antique collectible things. Even if they're not perfect, you know what I mean? Right. Like, like, I have this old record player, like, probably from 1919, one of those crank handle things. Sure. It doesn't work, but it's cool looking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just decor. (laughs) It has no purpose whatsoever. I've got, between the drums, the podcast equipment, and an enormous amount of CDs and and vinyl in the house, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of my stuff takes up a good deal of space. So I have to compromise in, in in some way. So that room is also storage because it's like I don't even know where else to put stuff. Well, at least you compromise. This guy, 
He's, not, he's not going a chance. to see a divorce lawyer soon. It's 724 with Baxton. Or visit any of our five dealerships in Northampton and Hadley. Tommy Carrado. You're going to love it here. It's uh, 7, almost 727 with uh, Baxton, Nagel, and Rock 102. Uh, it's going to be a uh, wind chill today of negative uh, 25, or it could feel like that anyway. That's in effect until 3 p.m. today. A high of only 13 for the rest of the day. It is 11 right now in downtown Springfield. You miss uh, any part of the uh, the, the uh, Bax and O'Brien show with the Bax and Nagel show or whatever show was on at the, at the time. Check out the Bax and O'Brien daily podcast available on BaxandO'Brien.com, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Also check out Baxi's musical podcast this week. I'll repost in my interview with Daniel Ash from the uh, band Bauhaus and Love and Rock. It's a very cool interview. and Actually, his first podcast interview ever. And I'm reposting that uh, this week, so you can check that out on BaxandO'Brien.com. I, uh, I was real quick. I was reading this story uh, earlier this morning about this woman in New York City, who's uh, who's actually a native of Texas, but now she lives in New York City. Right. And then she just got engaged to her boyfriend. And then on a TikTok video, she opens the window and she says, "New York, I'm engaged." And somebody goes, "Shut the f up." <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it, you know, and the article goes on to say that this was kind of like what happened with Monica in Friends when she did the same thing and somebody told her to shut up. <laughs> but uh, this is the lady's like, see, I love this city. I absolutely love it. It was kind of like uh, I, the first one to come up with that joke was Eddie Murphy in Coming to America. Right, yeah. Where he's like yelling. I don't even know what. He, good morning. Was yeah, he like, good morning, America? Yeah. Shut the yap up. No, it, it, and the guy goes, F you. And he goes, Yes, and F you too. <laughs> <laughs> we have news coming up next on Rock 102. Hey, it's Pat Kelly. Join me Monday afternoons at 3. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. Call now and you'll receive 40% off installation plus. If you mention Rock 102, you get a free shower door fixture upgrade valued at $500 at yankeehome.com. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. The uh, big story this morning is it's going to be freaking cold today, and a lot of schools are closed because of that. Uh, yeah, because it's uh, well, you get brain free. You ever try to you ever try you ever eat ice cream really fast and then try to do math? You can't do that. I I can't do anything if I get the uh, the the the, the brain freeze. Uh, but there are currently twenty nine active closings throughout the area. I will not read every one. But it's funny how like, was it is it Springfield's closed today? Springfield is closed. Okay, Chickabee is closed. So Springfield's closed today because of the weather. Yet if you go anywhere, like I'm looking at the Charlemont. Uh, like all the places where it would be colder, mm-hmm. they have like a one or two hour delay. It's kind of funny how that happens. Well, they're hardier people out in those hill towns. You think is that what it is? I think so. Somebody was complaining on the uh, the parent forum yesterday. They should have just canceled school. I don't think that. I do think that it is too cold out to be standing out at a bus stop in. 10-degree weather with wind chills of negative 25. Yeah, but you know what? I did it when I was a kid. I stood out there in the yeah, freezing I... cold temperatures with my little knit hat, my mittens, waiting for the bus. I didn't do that. You didn't do that? No. We did that. I did that every well, single day of my life. I was uh, lucky enough that the bus stopped directly in front of my house, and I could see it coming down the road. Right. So at least I was able to watch the bus arrive and have enough time for me to walk out and greet the bus when right. it arrived in the driveway. See, I had to go to my neighbor's house. Yeah. Now, in Rehoboth, 
you know, your neighbor could be a quarter mile away. Yeah. <laughs> in, in, in this case, it was just a, you know, a couple hundred yards away. But, yeah. you know, in some neighborhoods, you had to do a little bit of a walk to get to your bus. Yeah. You know, and so uh, it was me, my next door neighbor, and a kid who lived uh, like two houses down from him. And, uh, you know, we had to walk and stand there in zero degree temperatures and, and wait for that bus. And we liked it. Yeah, That's I, what we had to do. Those are the kinds of sacrifices we made wait. back in the 1970s and early 80s. Yeah. We didn't, I didn't, I, again, I didn't have to do that. The bus picked me up. You know what I hated, though? My, my kids bug me all the time. We live close enough to the school where they don't, have, they don't get the bus. There's no offer of the bus. Right. And they're like, we want to take the bus. I'm like, do you know how much the bus sucks? The bus sucks, like, <laughs> bad. Like, why would anybody want to ride the bus to school? I don't know. I don't know, but people, uh, you know. Well, but I mean, they, but, you know, if you've never ridden the bus, you've never taken a bus, you know, then in your mind, yeah, all the cool kids are taking the bus and you're one of these kids that has to walk or get picked up by your parents. How embarrassing is that? But you're absolutely right. Anyone who's ever been on a school bus knows that that it's the worst experience of your life. Yeah. Yeah. I was just told by somebody that the reason why Springfield closes is because, um, it's cold. It's yeah, but because most of the kids walk, there's a majority of the students that walk to school. Versus in a town like mine, where most of the kids are taking the bus. Yeah, but 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 a lot of the schools still have bus service. Mm, yeah, you know, it's yeah, not like nobody know. takes the bus. There's a lot of there's a lot of buses going through Springfield. I don't know. Maybe these teachers just wanted an extra day off. I guess. I, it's not the teachers. The teachers don't make the choice. Oh, it's, maybe they pressured the superintendent. Hey, look, we'll walk out of this you don't job have te- tomorrow. You don't have teachers calling Dan Warwick and saying, hey, uh, Dan, would you mind shutting things down for tomorrow? It's going to be too chilly. Dan, no one's doing that. Dan seems like the guy, the kind of guy who could be easily intimidated by a group of biology no, teachers. No, Dan, yeah. Dan Warwick is making this call on his own and saying, it's too cold. And that's, what's, and that's why they canceled it yesterday afternoon. They get the early call yesterday. Really? They did. It was a. It was a like a, like two three o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, well, you know, I think we had we had a voice call saying that there was a two hour delay, and then there was an email yeah. to follow up on that. Yeah. See, it's so. uh, it's it's crazy time. Uh, maybe we should do some things that uh, have something to do with news. Maybe that's a. Uh, that might. Be well, I think you're doing it, aren't you? I mean, we, everyone's talking about how cold it is. That's the top yeah. story of. Every newscast right now. Governor Baker provides an update on the coronavirus pandemic uh, in Massachusetts. Well, he already did yesterday afternoon. Fully vaccinated residents in Mass can now show proof of vaccination right on their phones through the Commonwealth's brand new digital vaccine passport. Uh, Governor Baker announced uh, the program on Monday calling it COVID-19 smart health care. It's like, uh, I got lipstick stamps on my passport. Gotta find a new one. <laughs> Who is that? It's, uh, I believe it's Jason Derulo. Ah, yeah. I'm that flight that you get on when a national. Yeah. First class seat, I'm a lap girl. Riding comfortable. <laughs> I know what the girl them need. London to Haiti. <laughs> I got lipsticks. Lip, I can't even say that. Lipstick. Lipstick stamps on my passport. There you go, Steve. I, I wouldn't have gone down that road. Because he's banging chicks all over the world. Of course he is. Anyway, uh, residents can go to myvaxrecords.mass.gov, enter their name, date of birth, and email to access their health information. From there, residents can show that they have been vaccinated against not only COVID-19, 
but against the flu and other transmissible diseases. Ooh, you have measles, mumps, rubella. Well, come on in, son. <laughs> You're just the kind of guy we're looking for. Ooh, rotovirus. Well, this happens to be an only rotovirus vaccine concert. <laughs> as long as you don't have the COVIDs, you can have anything. Uh, Baker said you can get your entire vaccination history, and if you haven't gotten boosted uh, and you do get boosted at some point, the data will add automatically. Well, thank God for that, because I was so sick of having to come up with that card, you know, for multiple different things. Did you have to produce it all that often? Twice. Once for work and once for... There was another thing, an event that I went to that you had to have a vaccine card. Which is not a bad idea, but, you know, when you... It's one of those things you're not using every day. So it's not like this thing is in my wallet. Right. And they said don't laminate it because there's all those extra spaces on there for all the other boosters you're going to need. Yeah, they, and, yeah but you, know, you could have put it in like a like a lanyard and taken it out. Ah, lanyard. Who's got time for that? Ain't nobody got time for that. Well, a lanyard would be an easy choice. Just slip it into like a little plastic packet and then you know wear it around your neck. Yeah, I'm not... Because, uh, you know, wearing a lanyard makes you look cool. Makes you look like you belong to something. And guess what's coming to Springfield soon? What? Several pallets of COVID rapid tests coming to Springfield. More COVID-19 rapid tests are heading to Springfield, Governor Baker said yesterday afternoon after city leaders repeatedly prodded him last week to provide assistance as the Eastfield Mall COVID testing site became inundated with their cars. Baker offered scant details on his, his administration's plans to relieve some of the testing woes in Western Mass, though he did stress the new state-negotiated prices for COVID test kits, enabling cities, towns, libraries, nonprofits, and other entities to easily place bulk orders during the Omicron surge. Uh, we worked with the city of Springfield, and they did purchase several pallets of rapid tests, which should be arriving shortly. I wonder uh, how much that pallet is compared to your pallet of pellets that you picked up from... Uh, uh, probably a hell of a lot more expensive. I would imagine so. A Baker spokesman would not comment on how many tests were ordered and when they could arrive. A pallet full! Well, how many are on a pallet? I don't know! <laughs> 30? 40? Whatever it takes! You know, when I uh, when I tested negative uh, a couple days ago, you know, I, I posted uh, a picture of it you know, to prove that I was negative. I had all these people ask me, where the hell did you get a rapid test? Like, where the hell did you get that? It's like, that's my business. Well, they are hard to come by. Where did you get it? None of, my, none of your business. Did you buy it? Yeah, right. Where did you pick it up somewhere? I don't know. I guess that's up to me to tell you. Well, why? Uh... We got our hands on a couple uh, to, to use, and uh, that was that. But no, we didn't have to wait in line. Yeah, we didn't, uh, we didn't you know, go to a store to get them. But we were, uh, you know... So somebody gave them to you? Yes. Why didn't you just say that? Because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. You're not going to get anybody in trouble. If somebody has tests, they can give it to you. Barry gave me one of his. Barry will give you anything you ask for. Well, I've got that lovely uh, kale soup upstairs in the fridge that uh, has been waiting to be eaten. Yeah, no kidding. Why are we eating soup right now? Uh, Soup is not a good, like, on-air meal. Well, I don't see why not. Because you, the slurping. What's wrong with that? It's eh, not, not, not good for, for radio. Oh, Steve, I, I disagree. I mean, when you is soup bad? Soup is a good meal no matter when you're having it. Uh, they're in, they're out. They're in, they're out. This is how a Mass Live story starts. Okay. Story starts. 
Uh, breath tests commonly used in drunk driving cases have developed a storied history in Massachusetts, and the credibility of the state-run Office of Alcohol Testing has taken a bit of a beating over several years of litigation. And according to a local defense lawyer whose uh, niche is OUI cases, the lab has bungled another key disclosure as a court-ordered moratorium or intro on introducing the test result in criminal prosecutions is about to expire. District Judge Robert Brennan on November 15th ordered that breath tests be barred as evidence against drivers charged with operating under the influence of alcohol, pending a review of the accuracy of the test and the lab tasked with conducting them. It's not the first time the tests, which have been around since the 50s, uh, were put on hold in courts across the state. Springfield attorney jo uh, Joseph Bernard is the lawyer in a class action lawsuit over the issue. At one point, the class numbered over 500. In 2018, prosecutors agreed to throw out breath test evidence from tens of thousands of OUI cases. Bernard uncovered inconsistencies in calibrations of the machines and highlighted that the state lab withheld information in order to save face. A top official was fired and Brennan forced reforms around accountability. The tests were reintroduced in 19, and now they're failing again. But, you know, the problem is, let's say you hop on board of this uh, class action lawsuit. Yeah. And uh, and let's say they win. Yeah. The amount of money that you're going to get from that class action lawsuit will be a minimal fraction of what you paid now, to get your life back I, on track. And I understand that, but I think it's more about overturning the law or or preventing them from collecting on people who these tests weren't accurate. Right. And not to say that these people weren't drunk, but when you're going through the process of what is admissible as evidence, you can't use something that's not accurate. Didn't they, um, in, at least in Massachusetts, they, they banned the use of this about, like, about a year and a half ago? Well, it was November 15th that the judge said you can't do this anymore. Well, they, it was, again, this was going back a few years that they yeah. banned these things and they reintroduced them in 2019. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. And then on right. November 15th, Judge Brennan said, mm, no, no, no more. You can't do this anymore. Well, you know, I mean, you talk to any lawyer, you know, it, it, it's it's like refuting uh, like uh, like radar detectors, you know, you know, like for in speed traps. Yeah. You know, for for years, they used to go back and look at the calibration of these of these uh, of these uh, speed detectors yeah. and people were winning. The breathalyzer is really no different. You're you're relying on technology that I don't, I don't know how you know often it's been you know improved upon or whatever, but you know relying on technology to tell you know a, a police officer whether or not you know you reach a certain threshold. Yeah. You know unless you can prove that it's an accurate gauge. You know I mean I, listen I, I I don't know I mean if if the courts believe that there's something wrong with uh with a blood with a with a breathalyzer, I think you got to take that seriously. A uh, 60-year-old named Michael McClellan got arrested in Mobile, Alabama last week while trying to steal a set of bleachers from a public park. That couldn't have been easy. There were two sets of metal bleachers sitting next to some tennis courts. He hooked one of them to the trunk of his car and just dragged it down the street. <laughs> to give you an idea how big they are, there's a photo of them still attached to his car, and there are five rows of benches. So it looks like they could seat at least 20 people on those things. It all happened in broad daylight. Uh, a cop pulled Michael over for spotting his car dragging the bleachers around 12.20 in the afternoon. He had made it about a mile and a half. That's a pretty big distance, <laughs> dragging bleachers behind you. It's not clear why he wanted the bleachers or where he was taking them, but he's now facing charges for first-degree theft, 
No alcohol or drugs were involved in this, which is the most surprising part. <laughs> what makes a guy think, you know what I can really uh, really use in the house? Bleachers. Well, that's a drunk guy idea. Yeah, no, it's definitely a drunk guy Hey, idea. man, you know what we should do? We should take these bleachers. These should look really cool in the backyard, <laughs> don't you think? They're still expensive. Not if we just take them, man. You know what look great around this fire pit? <laughs> bleachers. Bleachers, dude. <laughs> We went to one of the uh, one of the parks. I think it was, uh, I believe it was Chicopee that we went for one of the uh, the softball games. Yeah, the bleachers were broken, and there was like caution tape all around them. Right. Yet people were still sitting in them as they were falling apart. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, that might be a little dangerous. Yeah, it might you. be. Yeah, but... You might cut your face right open when that uh, that slab falls out from underneath you. Yeah. You can see the one guy get up and the whole bench bend <laughs> back up because it, apparently the, the bolts or something didn't stick well enough. It's pretty funny. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today brought to you by Fogbuster Nitro Cold Brew Coffee. It's velvety smooth and never bitter because Fogbuster is air-roasted. Going to be uh, a winded, or wind chill advisory in effect until 3 p.m. today. Could feel like negative 25 and a high of 15 today. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 34. It is 11 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. To Springfield Classic Rock at 751. And Aerosmith on Rock 102. You're going to be a wind chill advisory in effect until 3 p.m. today. It could feel like negative 25 and a high of 15 today. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 34. It's 11 right now in downtown Springfield. Yeah, tomorrow's going to feel like uh, like it's August. Oh, yeah. Like so a heat hot. Wave. Like heat wave. You know, I don't even know how to really prepare myself for this kind of uh, cold anymore. Mm-hmm. Because everything, you know, <coughs> everything I have, I don't like, I mean, I don't like wearing like knit hats. I don't really like wearing them, you know, because it uh, it makes my head sweat. My hair gets all messed, you know, messed up. Wow. I never, I never, I, I almost never wear a hat. I kind of like wearing those because it covers my dome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, you're. I mean, you're more exposed than uh, than, than my head, which is you know filled with a luxurious mop of uh, beautiful hair. Well, but I'll never have to worry about headlights. There you go. I, I won't have to. Well, I'm, I'm hoping I don't have to worry about that either. Yeah, uh, you would, because you got. Thick, uh, thick, luxurious hair. Yeah. I mean, if they're going to embed themselves into anything, it'd probably be on the it's, top of my it's head. It's going to be that. Yeah. Uh, me. They're like, Lysis, man. They're like, there's no real estate here. This is like the <laughs> desert. It's like, it's it's like being in Nevada. There's nowhere to go here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, like a regular hat during cold. Yeah. I need something to cover my ears. Yeah. I, I, I just, uh, I mean, I, I know you're supposed to, Cover your ears, and if you're going to spend a lot of time outside, you know, you want to wear that stuff. But I just, I, I just don't. Somebody suggesting earmuffs. I didn't know you could put those on your head. That's where they go. <laughs> That's where they go. <laughs> what? Uh, Live but, and learn, man. But uh, well, here's the thing, though. You and I have a job, and even the other things that we do during the day mm-hmm. that don't really require us to be outside in the cold. Well, that's- I feel bad. For like the people that are out freezing their asses off, now how many how many Carhartt jackets you wear, or yep. gloves, or hats, or whatever, you're still freezing your ass off. I really do feel bad that have outdoor for people who have outdoor jobs. I saw this uh, commercial the other day. I think it was online or whatever, and some guys wearing this what looks like a real light jacket. 
Yeah. But it's like battery operated. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, it's like blasting heat inside yeah. the coat. That's pretty cool. That's kind of a cool thing. Was That's kind of cool. Was it a fan? No, it's got like wires and and, and everything. Yeah, so it's I've like s- so the the wires heat up. Well, I've seen the Milwaukee jackets like that. Was it a Milwaukee jacket? I don't even know what the hell it was. It was but like it was- a Milwaukee Tools uh, came out with one a few years yeah. ago. They, yeah, and now these are like more fashionable looking than a Milwaukee Tools jacket. But yeah, still, I mean, I, I mean, you know, yeah. How much do you really want to? What I don't understand is these dudes that'll be out in temperatures like today, mm-hmm. still wearing shorts. Now yeah. that I don't understand. Little, I'll pick up like I'll pick up my daughter Kate today at the at school. I'll, I'll yeah. be doing that later on today. I swear to you, it'll be a bunch of kids walking out of that school with shorts on, with shorts. I don't, no coats, no right. nothing. And we had this argument years ago, and I and I had brought up the fact that I had seen some kid in my town mm-hmm. walking down the street in like negative five degrees, wearing right. shorts and like a a light jacket. Yes. Well, and then we, we dove into that topic, and of course this was many years ago, so we probably won't remember. We dove into that topic, and uh, we found out that teenagers have this, like, tolerance for cold weather, and they're okay. They're not uh, dying, or they're not uh, doing anything that would be detrimental to their health. No, but you know, that may be true, but it also says to me... Uh, that a teenager uh, is stupid because you still run the risk of See? of, you know, uh, of, of like... uh, frostbite, hypothermia, you know, all the bad things that can happen with all this cold exposure. How many people do you know that suffered those ailments when you were a teenager? 457. I'm serious. How I many? don't know. Yeah, nobody. You didn't know anybody. No, because my mother wouldn't let me go out of the house without a coat on. The only people you knew that got frostbite were the people that got lost in the woods or something and then, uh, you know, stayed out overnight. And that was rare. Like, you didn't... That doesn't even happen. Oh, it happens. It happens. Okay. Is there a rash? Is this, like, the new national emergency that... Teenagers are wearing shorts instead of pants to school during Listen, cold temperatures. We can only save so many lives at once. And I'm just saying, you know, if you're a teenager and you think uh, on a day where it's, uh, what is it now? It's uh, exactly 10 degrees out. I, uh, that you know, maybe you might want to reconsider what you're doing with yourself. You know what's perfect about sitting in separate rooms from you and what? having this frame between us? And it's the perfect outline to show that you, old man, are a square. <laughs> Come on, Daddy-O. Wear shorts like all the other cool kids, huh? You sound like you sound like one of these old men that's like, ah, these teenagers are dumb. Yeah, well, they that's because wear... they are. Wait, but again, if it doesn't affect them, if it's not affecting them, they're not, nobody, it's not like there's this rash of kids coming down with frostbite ailments. It's not. It's not happening. We'll see about that. You, whenever we think of children, yeah. when we impose things on them, yes, we think about how much it sucks for us versus is it really that bad for them? It's like the people who don't feel like kids should be wearing masks in school. Right. So you might as well say, okay, kids, why don't you drink all this alcohol underage and have some cigarettes while you're at it, too? No, but I'm just saying, like, you and I or any other adult would be like, oh, my God, these kids shouldn't be wearing masks in school because, God, they're just breathing their own air. You ask a kid, they don't care. The only kids that care are the ones that have parents that care. 
Most of the kids are like, whatever, man. Just give us our uh, our snack time and uh, make sure we get outside at recess. For well, half an hour. listen, uh, as a as a uh, as a little bit of a public service, let me just say that if you are under the age of eighteen and you're going outside today, put on a freaking coat, or if you want to be cool, wear a pair of shorts. No, wear some long pants. Put on some ski pants and uh, some coats. You're you're just you're just uh, now you're just stretching it. Pal. It's seven fifty eight and Rock One O Two. This week it's a Thunderbird Thursday on the Bax and O'Brien Show. Tune in or. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Blow with the king of snow. Get an errands at Rocky's. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? Folks, unless you're Bill Belichick, being a head coach in the National Football League is a temporary position at best. Most head coaches don't last more than a couple of seasons before they get tossed into the scrap heap and left to rot during the upcoming offseason. Why is that? Is it because they're terrible coaches who don't know how to coach the same way some coaches know how to coach? Possibly. But it's also the head coach who takes responsibility for his lousy players. Bad personnel decisions that were not his to make. Ineffective drafting, untimely injuries, poor scheduling. That way, when a team fails to meet expectations, they can sit here all day and say, that guy sucks. During the last few days, there's been a head coaching bloodbath out there. Yesterday, we learned that the Denver Broncos fired head coach Vic Fangio after three consecutive losing seasons, including an unimpressive 7-10 season this year. So did the Chicago Bears, who fired their head coach after four seasons. Matt Nagy, after his crummy team, went 6-10 this year, just one year after getting blown out in the playoffs. Then you had the Minnesota Vikings kick head coach Mike Zimmer to the curb after eight seasons and three playoff appearances. And then you had the Miami Dolphins, who just one day after beating the Patriots in the final week, dropped their head coach Brian Flores like the plague after three straight seasons of not making the playoffs. And let's not forget about John Gruden, who was fired by the Raiders earlier this season for being a racist. Or Urban Meyer, who was fired by Jacksonville for, among other things, being a terrible human being. And there's still more to come. That's six teams all looking for new head coaches. Meanwhile, Bill Belichick has held on to his job for 22 seasons. Falling by Sean Payton of the Saints, who's been there for 16 years, and Mike Tomlin of the Steelers, who's been there for 15. After that, things get a little slim. So if you're thinking about switching to head coaching for a living because you're looking for job security, you might want to consider having something to fall back on because that job kind of sucks. But hey, and if I'm I yapping, sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. What's on sale at Rockies? It's at your fingertips at Rockies.com. And now on Rocky's Ace Hardware app. Or you can go old school and pick up a sales flyer at any Rocky store. What's on sale at Rocky's? It's always at your fingertips at Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Fields Classic Rock. It's 812 and Ozzy on Rock 102. A wind chill advisory is in effect today until 3 p.m. Uh, could see temperatures or could feel like temperatures are negative 25. Uh, it's only going to be a high of 15 for the day. It is 10 right now in downtown Springfield. I got to, I hate having to do costly repairs around my home. Is it the uh, is it the fact you don't like doing it yourself, or is it the fact that well, you just said the word costly? Uh, costly and the fact that I can't do it myself. Yeah, I can't do that I'm stuff not, either. Uh, I wish I knew how to do all this stuff. Don't you wish you like had the knowledge to? Or <clears throat> it's not that I can't learn how to do it. It's that it's so difficult because I'm more of 
a visualization guy than yeah. I am a numbers guy and yeah. math and all that crap. You know, we had a, vo- a vocational program in my yeah. high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I didn't take any of those classes because yeah. I thought I was uh, I was too cool for that. But now, knowing what I know about the trades, mm-hmm. I'm so jealous of every single one of those dudes that went through that program yeah. that can fix stuff, yeah. build stuff, and yeah. save a lot of money yeah. doing it. Yeah, I've, uh, to me, those are the smartest kids in our high school. I, I, I uh, have a good friend of mine who uh, who built an entire like Japanese fish pond in his backyard. Yeah. By himself. Yeah. Like, or he, like yeah, I, I think he had very minimal help, but he uh he rented his own equipment. He rented the backhoe, he rented all these things and yeah. he did it himself and it was very very impressive. There's a there's a guy I went to high school with, a perfectly good example of uh, 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 of just this thing. Nice guy. Yeah. Real nice guy. Maybe not the brightest guy th- there is in the world. Yeah. But you should see the stuff he does. He restores boats. He does. He remodels, you know, bathrooms. Yeah. He uh, he just he does this unbelievable skilled stuff that I couldn't even dream yeah. of. Do- he yeah. posted pictures of a boat that he restored. Yeah. It wasn't even a boat he was going to keep. He restored it for somebody else. My word, unbelievable! What this guy was able to do. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile. I'm sitting here picking my nose playing any money CDs for a living. Yes. Well, and I put myself in great debt to pay for college in order to do it. Well, it's a lot easier to do Eddie Money songs than it is to, uh, you know, hoist the joints or whatever the hell you want. Yeah, whatever, right. Joist, uh, joist, I don't know, whatever you, whatever you e- want to call it. Either way, who, yeah. who's really the moron in the, uh, in yeah. the final analysis here? Well, I'm very aware that I am the moron mm-hmm. uh, in, in these situations. And uh, so I had this little... Uh, it kind of extends back to when before I bought the house. I had a we had a home inspection done right uh, in the, in the house, and at one point I have this dinette. It's like a you know room off the kitchen uh, that you can sit and enjoy your breakfast and sure. coffee and things like that. Right, and then directly above that uh, is obviously a ceiling, but above that ceiling uh, is another bathroom upstairs. Okay. And when the home inspector came in, who was awesome, by the way, this guy was like, you know, knew his crap. Sure. Right? And he uh, he had one of these infrared things that could tell whether or not moisture is present, you know, in, in certain areas. Okay. And we all saw this little tiny spot up on the ceiling. And he said, there's something going on up there, a little moisture uh, thing going on. Right. Well... I don't even know what it was. I don't even know what was causing the moisture, but it was signed off by a plumber saying that everything was just fine and dandy. Right. Which is not fine and dandy because um, I didn't know what it was at first. First, I thought it was my kids not putting anything down outside of the shower. Like a bath mat or something? Yeah, because the the way they built the house was like the the shower and the and the wood floor meet. Yes. Right. Right. So I'm thinking, okay, well, there's no caulking because you got to put your caulk in the crack there. Right. There's no caulking there, so maybe that was the issue. Well, so you uh, needed something. Uh, you needed a, a good caulk uh, uh, job done. I, I I would think so, but okay. it didn't seem like anything was really an issue because there was no more spots on the ceiling. Well, guess what happened back in November? 
Uh, it burst? No. There was this giant spot on the ceiling now. So that would indicate to me that there's more going on than just this right. uh, thing. Now, it's not a constant moisture issue. It's only like when somebody takes a shower. Well, you know, now it's to the point where nobody's allowed to take a shower up there until this thing is fixed because I don't know what the hell is wrong with it. Sure. And then uh, I had a I had a guy come over yesterday. He said he's gonna he's gonna go in next week and cut the whole thing out. That's what you have to do. You have to cut the whole ceiling out. But as we're we're both looking at this thing, I, I said, Hey, take a look at this. Doesn't it look like somebody already did that? Because now the moisture is causing you to see the seams around where it was cut into before. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it it sounds like somebody just did a quick job in there, patched it up, and said, I'm all done for the day. <laughs> so, you know, it's like I'm looking, I'm trying, you know, I want, uh, there's other things that I want to improve in my home. Sure. But those are not... Uh, that important versus something like this. Yeah, this, because, one, this one's a, it would be a priority. Yeah, because then you're you're talking about getting mold, and you're talking about this floor falling through, and you know uh, nobody wants to be taking a shower and then wind up in the dining room. No, how embarrassing um, would that be? But what a pain in the ass this whole like homeowning process. Yeah, you know, they been. they they never tell you. You know, they always say it's the American dream. Well, if the American dream means spending $2,000 to have a guy come to your house to f- to fix yeah. something half-assed, at, yeah, the, I, at the minimum $2,000. Well, well, and that's the thing. I don't even know how much it's going to be. I'm expecting it to be fairly costly right. uh, for the thing. I don't think this guy is out to screw me or anything like that. No, I think, but it's but, you, but, but he, has to, he has to be fair to himself, and he has to be fair to... What the prices of materials? He's That's kind of, the other thing. The materials are freaking expensive. And you're t- and, and it's not even about materials. He still has to figure out, yeah. you know, what's the source of this moisture. Yeah, because what if it's uh, it might be uh, so? Because I, I had another friend come over later in the day. Right. He's actually going to be doing something else for me. Uh, he's doing like a like a kitchen sink kind of deal right. that I got going on. But that's one of those. It's not that important to do, right. but he's also a contractor. So I said, "Hey, take a look at this," and he says, "It's probably your trap in the shower. It looks like it's pushed up too far, which is causing things to overflow in that trap." Uh, yeah, right. Because I said I cleaned the trap. I mean, the trap didn't look dirt. Like you know, you pull the thing out of the bottom of the shower, and then you pull the. The, the hair out yeah, or whatever he's in there. talking about the trap underneath the, yeah yeah, yeah. Right. so he said that's probably overflowing and every time you take a shower a little bit more pops out of that thing and uh, uh, it's not getting a thing so, boy that's gonna run you that's gonna run you thousands of dollars run me uh, that's gonna be so expensive to fix steve it's probably going to be. It's going to be outrageous. It's probably be outrageous. But yeah, you know what? It's... Let's fix it now before I have to replace the entire bathroom. You know, we have like a lot of things in our house that we would like to. You know, we haven't really spent a lot of money improving the house. Yeah. It's pretty much as it is when we bought it. Right. I mean, we painted. We did that. We took mm-hmm. wallpaper down. But we've done no real structural you, you know, repairs the house. You know, there hasn't been a new roof. There hasn't been new windows. Uh, there hasn't been an updated electrical system in there. But there's none of that stuff. And we keep talking about yeah. doing it. 
somebody. But just, none of us are. Neither yeah. one of us are ready to pull the trigger on on spending the kind of money we're talking about. Well, yeah, but if it's it's going to be de- if it's something that's detrimental to the health of the home, and none of then it is, you have to fix yeah. it. But uh, yeah, you're right. I, I'm like you. I uh, yeah, I'm not. I mean, I can think of like ten thousand projects I'd like to do the house. Yeah, but I can think of ten thousand dollars I'd like to not spend on the house. Well, and that's the thing. I get this fence out front that I would love to have replaced. But do you know what the cost of lumber is right now? I know. And do you know how much it would be to get that fence replaced? You're remember, talking me- probably at least ten thousand. Remember me telling you that uh, a while ago, a couple of years ago, I shattered a sliding glass door. Yeah, I, I still haven't fixed that damn thing. Oh, it's still shattered. It's still shattered. I mean, it's still together. It hasn't fallen apart. Okay. But I, Alrighty. but I have yet to find someone who can do. I had somebody say, "Oh yeah, we can do that job," and then I explained to them, uh, you know, what it is, and they said, "Oh no, no, we can't do that." And I'm like, "Well, I don't, you know, okay." At some point, now you have crossed the white trash line because that would be something that I would now, need to have fixed. If in my you house. could see the smashed sliding glass door from the front of the house, then I would agree with you. But you can't see it from the road. The neighbors can't see it. No one can see it but me. Plus, there's a, uh, plus we've got uh, vertical blinds which hide it. So if I can't see it, then it must not exist. And by the way, this guy says to me, uh, "Do you do you want me to? Do I get to set my prices to Bax's expectations?" <laughs> no, no, you don't. Yes, you do. Oh, this is gonna run you. You give this me, guy is, uh, you this... give me neighbor pricing. I'm your neighbor. I'm your hilltown neighbor. This guy that's coming over to fix this problem is gonna be driving a Lexus by the end of the month. Hey, uh, Steve, I hate to tell you this, but uh, <laughs> you, you got about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of repairs here. Oh, Steve, I don't know what to tell you, but this is gonna cost you at least a Mercedes. Oh man, so it's like uh, it's just it's just like one of these things that I don't want to have to do. I but know, apparently. But- it's been doing it long enough where it's now causing uh, some issues. Some guy mentioned maybe it's the toilet seal. Well, it's not the toilet, though. The toilet's on the other side. It's nowhere near. the. That's not the issue. Yeah. It's it's the shower that, that, that's doing it. I think it's the trap inside. Yeah, you know, every every plumber thinks it's the toilet. That's uh, they just, yeah. they, They're looking to have, have you do the whole damn thing all over again. You are gonna, who you're gonna pay through the nose? Oh, and you, you know, and speaking of uh, home improvement stuff, a couple of years ago when I moved in, my friends recommended me to call this place uh, that does this energy assessment. Yeah, right. for your home, and then they, so then my friends did it, but they had an actual person come out. Of course, by the time I set the appointment, which was January of 2020. Their appointments don't start until March, and then all of a sudden that was canceled because of COVID. Right. Uh, so then they go through this, uh, you know, whole uh, thing about, uh, well, you know, we'll just, you tell us what you need done to your house, <laughs> and you go around and do the assessment. And I'm like, okay, but you guys are getting the money from the state to do the assessment. Listen, I'm asking you to come yeah. and assess what's going on here. Why You're not qualified to tell them. What's going on? So they give you this list of stuff to go around the house to do. It was light bulbs. Right. A bunch of light bulbs. So I'm like, oh, I need a couple of these, and I need a couple of these, and a shower head or two, you know, things like that. So they they send you all this stuff in a box, right? Right. And then they were supposed to come out and do this insulation thing for free, by the way. Right. Because it was free in insulation if you were, you know, getting through the Mass State program. I haven't heard anything from this company since July of 2020. 
And I ran into uh, a woman who works for them at yeah. this comedy show I did a couple of weeks ago. And she's like, oh, I'll have somebody uh, reach out to you. Nobody's reached out to me. Nobody wants to go all the way out there. No, but think about this company has now gotten the has clearly gotten the money from the state already for whatever the hell they were initially supposed to do. I guess it takes a lot of money for somebody to go wrap up light bulbs and send them to your house. <laughs> but like no work has been done. Yeah. And, and they were supposed to get back to me. I wound up going through somebody else to get those mini splits because they never got back to me on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, is the insulation in your house okay? Well, no. That, it's the idea that this insulation needs to be replaced. It's one of these. It's one section of the house that's got. It's like a. It's nothing but floor and a crawl space. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I do. It's yeah. in the front of the house. It's only one room. It's probably maybe ten by twenty, that needs to be filled. Like they put this like, like a cellulose and stuff. Or, yeah, they yeah. put the plastic down and all that stuff. Yeah. So some of that stuff is starting to come up and it needs to be replaced. Mm. And they were supposed to do that, but they didn't. I'm getting screwed, man. Man, what a money what a money pit you bought. I, it's actually a very nice house. It just uh, happens to be. Oh, but it's going to run you. I know. There's always something going on there. It's 826 on Rock 102. Bird Watchers Wanted at Weinzig Nursery. If you like watching the birds and you want to see variety, keep in mind that Weinzig Nursery is your bird feeding headquarters. Browse through a large selection of feeders, including squirrel-resistant feeders, hanging feeders, pole feeders, and finch feeders, plus all the seed you may ever need to attract cardinals, nuthatches, titmouse, chickadees, blue jays, buntings, grosbeaks, and birds of every color. Make some fine feathered friends this winter. Visit Weinzig Nursery on Route 9 in Hadley and at WeinzigNursery.com. The Connecticut Lottery and Play Sugar House Sportsbook have even more places to bet on your favorite sports. Visit Bobby V's in Windsor Lots and Stamford, Sports Haven in New Haven, or winners in Hartford, Manchester, New Britain, Torrington, Waterbury, and Milford. Our wagering kiosks offer tons of sports betting options, from props to parlays, and even live in-game wagers. Learn more at PlaySugarHouse.com. Must be 21 or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. I don't know if you've heard the buzz on Billy C's Raw Honey, but I will tell you, you won't believe the benefits that come from buying locally produced honey. With New England apiaries based out of Southwick, you can trust you're getting honey naturally from the source and not stung on some corn syrup diluted nastiness. For a natural remedy for allergies, a boost of energy to keep you buzzing through the day, or just some much needed sweetness, Billy C's Raw Honey is what to reach for. Grab your bottle of Billy C's at your local Big Y, as well as other grocery stores in the area. With Billy C's Raw Honey, you won't Billy leave how sweet local can be. It's 827 with Bax and Steve Nagel and Rock 102. I found the name of the company. Okay. Out of Hadley is the name of the, is the it's, it's through the Mass Save program. Okay. Uh, how do I say it? I'm trying to think of the, uh, the name uh, without saying the actual name. Oh, what does it rhyme with? Uh, hmm, constellations? Or insinuations. How about that? There you go. Huh? There you go. Uh, American insinuations. Mm. We're insinuating that we're going to come to your house and put that stuff in, but we're not. Well, Steve, these are difficult times, and you know we're all facing uh, the grind or the crunch mm -hmm. of uh, this COVID nightmare. You know, trying to get a guy to your house. Uh, yeah, trying to get a guy who does not uh, not infected with something coming I, to your home and infecting all of you. Listen, I am one of the most understandable 
per people. You know, like I'm very I can understand no. things when people say to me, hey, look, uh, we got this COVID thing going on. There ain't no way we're coming out to your house like any later than or any earlier than whatever date. But they didn't even do that. And they I'm sure they're I'm sure they're my call. Yeah, I'm sure they're backlog with other people who are angry at them. And uh, yeah, they can't get to all of you. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I I yeah. had uh, many years ago. We uh, we bought a home, and uh, I had to have like the whole house Did insulated. You have two cats in the yard. Life used to be so hard without yeah. all that insulation. Mm-hmm. But like we had a whole wall mm-hmm. that you know, like it, it was like an ex- it, it was an exterior wall with no insulation in it whatsoever no insulation well we didn't know this until all of a sudden the house is freezing freaking cold and we can't get it higher than 50 degrees in the house oh yeah we had to have everything redone that house by the end of it was so tight that uh i mean you know after a while it finally got to the point where it was comfortable but it took a long time and a lot of expense to get it done yeah we we blew cellulose all over that house. You blew cellulose. Yes, I did. Yeah. That's How right. You like that. <laughs> Listen, uh, yeah, you do right. what you gotta do. All right. Sometimes you gotta sometimes you gotta compromise your standards. That's true. It's 8 30. We got news next on Rock 102. Hey, it's Pat Kelly. Join me Monday afternoons at 320 for What's the Word on that T-Bird? Each week I'll pick a different player from the Springfield Thunderbirds and tell you all about them. And then I'll give you a chance to win a pair of tickets to a future Springfield Thunderbirds game. What's the word on that T-Bird? Monday afternoons at 320. Presented by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Remember, it's not what you make, it's what you keep. And Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. If you vape or considering it as an alternative, get to know Puffin. Puffin, Vapor, and Leaf in Vernon. Less than half an hour from the Massachusetts border and two miles from the Buckland Hills Mall. They've got a full menu of juices in all flavors, over 170 to choose from. E-cig starter kits, advanced vaping devices, they've got those too. Talk to Al and Zach, they're the experts. Across the store, the huge humidor with over 270 cigar choices. Know someone who loves stogies? They're the perfect gift. Puffin, Vapor, and Leaf in Vernon. What are you puffin? Warning, this product contains nicotine, an addictive chemical. Your kids made cookies for your whole staff. 288 gingerbread people distributed and devoured one otherwise uneventful Friday morning. Estimated investment, $26. Estimated return on investment, unlimited goodwill and staff bonding. Some line items punch way above their weight, like office furniture. Do your people have a workspace they need? A workspace they love? Is it home sweet home away from home? Not exactly. Call Conklin Office in Holyoke and find out just how cost-efficient it is to set your people up with a workspace that'll make them say, let's get to work. Conklin Office, the big office furniture showroom, warehouse, and design center specializing in remanufactured desks, benching, conference rooms, and everything else. Not reconditioned, remanufactured. Is this stuff really used? Or is it brand new? It's hard to tell. Make your people happy and more productive. Set them up with workspace they love. Call or visit Conklin Office Furniture in Holyoke on Appleton, or Conklin comes to you. 
Do you promise to love, honor, and cherish, forsaking all others? I do. I do. And now, by the power vested in me, I now pronounce you roommates. Go forth. That's not the vow you took. But if struggles with CPAP have you and your spouse sleeping in separate rooms, it might be time to look into Inspire. Inspire works inside the body with just the click of a remote. That's right, just a button. No mask, no hose, just sleep. Inspire. Sleep apnea innovation. Talk to your doctor to see if Inspire is right for you. Review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. 32 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Brought to you by Adam Quinville. Roofing, roofing, siding, roof, shampoo, and more. Log on to 1-800-NEW-ROOF.NET today. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel. Thanks, Bax. I know uh, we should be doing news, but people keep messaging me about this whole Mass Save program. And this guy says, same here. Mass Save program was supposed to get house insulation back in September. Still waiting. Well, I've been waiting over a year and a half. I'm still waiting. Wait, and and they've given you no indication as to why you are still waiting. In July of 2020, they sent me the big box full of stuff. It was light bulbs and shower heads. Right. And then they said, we will call you to set up the appointment to come do the installation. And they have not done that. And uh, I've called them several times to no avail. I like saying that word, by the way. Avail? No avail. No avail. The term. No I know. avail. Yeah, it does seem yeah. a little bit like you're like you're like you're emphatic about it. Yeah, uh, but see, I'm not the only one having a problem. Hmm. Well, Ain't that interesting? They're American insinuations. They're insinuating that they will help you sometime, <laughs> but we're not really going to help you. It is uh, it is cold out there today. If you didn't notice, uh, there is a wind chill advisory in effect until 3 p.m. today. Uh, could feel like negative 25 at some points of the day. But uh, 22 News has this whole thing on expensive home repairs that oh, could really? be that could lead uh, to uh, you know you know it could be caused because of the cold. Such as? Like not shutting off your uh, your pipe outside. Like your... Uh, your, your hose? Your hose yeah, pipes. Yeah, you got to turn that off. You know, I didn't do that until like December mm-hmm. because I forgot about it. And it really wasn't that cold. Usually I remember when they say, hey, we're going to have a five degree night here. I'm not even sure we turned it on. Well, you really <laughs> haven't done a lot, whole lot of yard work. We haven't done, no, because... Uh, yeah, you know, I blew my knees out. Uh, the state's website suggests keeping your thermostat set to the same temperature day and night. Get out! Right, no Play way! I'm no one's doing, doing that. that. I'm turning it up. I don't care how much energy I, I don't. Listen, I'll be long dead before I see the results of my carbon footprint. Let listen, me just waste oil I, and. I'm an old man yeah. that needs to remain toasty. That's that's it. I need to be toasty in my own home. So you got to keep your uh, your thermostat, uh, you know, at the same level because your pipes could burst in your home. Please, I know. Uh, they also talked with uh, a representative from Noonan Energy in Springfield. They're reminding people in households using oil to make sure they have plenty in their tank for the days it gets this cold. That's the last thing you want during a cold snap. Right, is to have your uh, your tank run out of oil. Because you gotta Optimus Prime it or something to get it back going again. Yeah, it's a big. Uh, it's a I don't, big. I don't pain. know what they were what they were talking about, but you it's have a, to. 
but you know, you know, there's usually a gauge on it. So if it's down, yeah, you know, by a certain amount, you know, to call your oil company and say, "Listen, I need an emergency fill." Uh, following a dramatic increase in emergency department visits over the past few weeks, Bay State Noble Hospital announced last week that it has opened a second emergency department entrance. Oh, wow. for the people who want to die quicker at Bay State Noble, you can go right here to this entrance. Wow, an extra door. It's express death. Listen, it's uh, it's not that bad. Uh, well, maybe not death, but uh, something that could be detrimental. Come on, Steve. What? They're doing fine work over there for the most part. Uh, yeah, except for that time they uh, screwed up giving my mother that medicine. Well, there was that. Yeah. And, you know, those, uh, those, those colonoscopies that weren't cleaned off. I mean, uh, yeah, those, you know, those, uh, that, had, that did happen. That, that was the best part was when the doc, when I came back in the room and the doctor was like, we had a uh, medical mishap. What, what is which this, means, the Keystone Cops over here? What is this? Which means, you done, Aaron. <laughs> you done effed up. You done messed up. They, uh, they, uh, they, well, the best part was they were talking about how, uh, how skilled the staff was there. Uh-huh. And, then, uh, and then the nurse who hooked up the, it was like this really powerful blood thinner. Right. And uh, because that's what happens when somebody has a stroke. You got to give them this, like, whatever. The, I don't even know what the hell the stuff's called. But you got to give it to them within like three hours of having the stroke, right? So uh, we figured out the timeline. There was a neurologist who said, "Okay, put this stuff in 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 into her, you know, this medicine." Right. And then uh, they were like, "Ah, oh, you're in good hands. We got the pro right here, hooking your mom up with the IV." And then, like after 20 minutes, my mother, who's uh, who's in stroke mode, right. was like, "My arms wet." Like she's saying, her, her half of her side faces are drooping. Right. My arms wet. And uh, I thought, like, you know, maybe she had an accident or something. But, in fact, it was the medicine that was not properly hooked up to the IV. So then all that medicine spilled out onto the bed. Yes. And which made it appear that there was an issue there. Yes. And then then they're like, well, uh, she got enough of it. (laughs) That was kind of their... Their, their yeah, thing. But very clearly, uh, considering the shape your mom was in after the stroke, she might not have got enough of it. I don't think she did. Yes. I really don't. So uh, when I say, uh, you know, you might die going to Bay State Noble, I'm just saying you might not be quite right afterwards. Uh, okay, but there are plenty of people that go in and out and they're fine. That you know of. Yes, right. But you could say that about any hospital. You know, not everybody who goes into a hospital comes out right. Well, if you have it's COVID-19... Just, it's the very nature of hospitals. If you have COVID-19 symptoms, uh, you should continue to use the main entrance on Court Street, the surgical center entrance also on Court Street, and adjacent to the main emergency department entrance is now a secondary entrance for people who are asymptomatic. So if you can figure all that out, you too can be helped by the folks at Bay State Noble. Fair enough. Is it really fair, though? Well, Steve, you know, I mean, uh, everyone complains when it doesn't go, you know, their way. But, you know, there are, are plenty of people that go in and out of that place without a problem. Uh, can this sandwich be really be that spicy or is it just clever marketing schemes? Arby's has a new menu item called the Diablo Dare Sandwich. And they claim it's so hot. They How have hot to, is it? They have to give you a free milkshake to go with it. That sounds like it could be pretty hot. 
I don't believe anybody gives away anything for free. I believe that they just build it into the price of whatever they're selling. <laughs> so the normal $5 sandwich is now an $8 sandwich, and, yeah, you get a free vanilla shake. There's a brisket version and a chicken version, and they both got five spicy ingredients. They come with a spicy seasoning, ghost pepper jack cheese, diced jalapenos, Diablo barbecue sauce made with four types of peppers, and a Diablo bun packed with chipotle pepper flakes. Jesus. It's called the Asplosion. <laughs> it'll be around. No, it's not. It's, it's called for. It'll be around for a limited time through February sixth. I uh, I like spicy things, and as I as I'm getting older, yeah, I enjoy more spicy things, which I think is kind of weird. Usually, it's the other way around. Yeah, but I can't. I still can't do like. I'm not looking to uh, show how cool I am by how spicy I can eat something. I just need a little bit. And I bought this, uh, it's some kind of like cooking oil. Right. From Mission Chinese Food in uh, New York City. Okay. And it's this, uh, it's stuff, it's uh, oil, and it's got like aioli or. Okay, what, sure. Is that spicy? It can be. I mean, aioli's kind of like a, like a, well, like a, like a seasoned mayonnaise well, almost. Yeah, so it's, this is an oil. So yeah. you, you can cook with it. And, you know, so I make a lot of stir fry with it, which is really good. Sure. Uh, I like the spicy. There's a George uh, likes the spicy. George likes his Kung Pao. <laughs> There's this guy on TikTok. He's Australian, probably in his 60s. And uh, the guy sits there. And this is and this is the entire thing about his, his videos. He's made hundreds of them. Of him eating, like, raw hot peppers dipped in chili oil. Yeah. And he eats it, stem and all, just, and he'll have like five or six of them, and they're dipped into like these, these, uh, these hot sauces and chili oils, and it's like, and he usually has like a can of WD-40 on the table, which I haven't figured that out yet. Why he's got that? But he, he, but he eats this stuff, and all I'm thinking is, this guy must have had COVID and lost his sense of taste, because how, how could a mouth sustain that much heat, and then a digestive tract, which has to somehow process all this stuff through. Mm. Yeah, his his back door must look like a manhole. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the only thing I can think of, man, because whoo, that, that's got to be that's got to be spicy. Worse than that manhole fire in Holyoke. Yesterday. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And nobody wants a fiery manhole. Well. Some might prefer that. I don't think they do. Uh, anyone can screw up a souffle or undercook a turducken, but what's an easy recipe that you've struggled with? Are you asking me? Well, I can tell you the rest of the story. but Yeah, I mean, go right ahead. Uh, a new poll found 56% of people have botched rep recipes that are considered easy. So what's the hardest easy thing to make? The number one answer was pancakes. I wholeheartedly agree with that. You ruin pancakes? It's not about I can mix the batter. Yeah. I can never, like, make them perfectly round like they're supposed to be. Like when you go to a restaurant. Like, you know, and they yeah, put them but... on the griddle and they, you know, and I try to do the same thing. And then all of a sudden uh, I try to flip it and thing falls apart. And I, You're I, flipping too soon. Well, how do you know when to flip? I don't usually flip until the uh, the pancake is bubbling up on the top. Then I know how to flip it. Well, then all the bubbles are gone, right? Well, I mean, you flip it, and, yeah. and all of a sudden, you know, it uh, wow. 
it uh, it cooks Listen, properly. I'm not very good at it. 38% of Americans, uh, along with myself, say they struggle with pancakes and still feel like they don't do a great job. The 10 hardest easy foods to make are pancakes, eggs, yeah. pasta, mac and cheese, soup, sweet potatoes, mashed potatoes, rice, grilled chicken, and fish. I do always have a hard time with fish. I got a hard time with rice. My rice tends to come out a little a little sticky. Well, do you have an Instant Pot? I do have an Instant Pot. I don't use it that much. Rice cooker feature on there. I know. I, I, need, I need to use the Instant Pot more. You know what I'm terrible at? What? I'm terrible at anything that comes in a crock pot. I don't, I don't know. I just, you know, whatever I make in a crock pot, I'm not satisfied with. See, that's where I do my best work is in the crock pot. I do my the worst. the crock pot is doing all the labor for you. Yeah, no, I'm, just, I, I'm not good at it. Everything, uh, everything comes out too wet and not uh, and just not right. Uh, dinner was voted the most challenging meal overall. We'll try to make something an average of four times before we get it right or just give up. The worst things we do can do are burn something, undercook something, or use the wrong ingredients. Mm. That's what I was telling you about the, my stir fries. I don't yeah. like that sweet taste. But if I use fish sauce and soy sauce together, yeah. That'll come out more of like a saltier, meatier type. Yeah, you don't right. you don't have to use all the sugar that they they call for. Uh, only seven percent of people said over seasoning a dish is a high crime. It depends on what it is. It depends. I mean, if you're cooking a steak and you're using salt and pepper, that's really all you need, and you almost can't use enough. Or if you or if you're cooking ribs. Like, you want to douse the crap out of those with that stuff because you got all that fat, and that's where all the... That's the where all the flavor rub, is, the right. The dry rub goes right into that fat and mm, I know, pork so or good. whatever you're eating. I don't know. I'm not a very good cook, by the way. You're fine. I can survive. But See, I'm not I, I, some kind I of... find... I mean, I, I, can, I can cook, but I find that the, the older I get, the less I want to do it. And I'm going all out this year. I'm buying one of them uh, Traeger wood-fired things. Ooh, that's because, cool. Because here's, here's the thing. I'm so... I don't want to just have something that only does... Like, I, li- I like the green egg thing. Yeah, which is I what I got. Right. Yeah. But I don't... I, I like being able to multitask with these things. Because you can do propane on them, too. The Traeger is really cool yeah. because it, you know you can you can actually start the whole thing up on your phone. Yes, that I think is awesome. Does it put the meat on there? Where does the meat go? <laughs> With the fo- I don't think the fault fo- your cell phone is in charge of that part. You're because uh, what well, here's the thing. I'm sick of buying two hundred dollar grills every other year because they've rust apart. No matter how many times you cover them or take care of them, yeah, they just fall apart. I've never owned a gas grill. I'm just not into it. I'm, I, I much prefer the charcoal. Yeah, gas is good if you just want to, you know, get something done. Yeah, quick. I know. But I mean, if I'm going to spend the money on a good piece of meat, the least I want to do is, is get it done right. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'd rather spend the $700 on a grill that's going to last me for hopefully many years versus one that only lasts me two. I know. Your uh, Pioneer Valley forecast today going to be uh, mostly sunny with a high of only 15. A wind chill advisory is still in effect until 3 p.m. today. Could feel like negative 25. Tomorrow, sunny with a high of 34. It's a lovely 10 in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve Nagel, and that's the news on Rock 102. Oh, yeah. In Rock 102, Springfield's classic rock. It's 8.52 and the Foo Fighters on Rock 102. Wind chill advisory in effect today until 3 p.m. Could feel like negative 25 out there at some point. And a high today of only uh, 15 degrees. It is 10 right now in downtown Springfield.
Um, what you got? Oh, I was just going to say, uh, Saturday, February 5th at the, at the Delaney House in Holyoke, it's uh, Bourbon Barbecue and Blues. goes on from uh, 6 to 9 p.m. And eating a great food, smooth drinks, hot music. Admission includes a tasting of rabbit hole bourbons, a multi-course meal, and live music from Neil and the Viper. It's going to be a great time. Tickets and information available at rock102.com. It's Bourbon Barbecue and Blues, February 5th at the Delaney House. Brought to you by the Tommy Carr Auto Group, Dave Miner Exterior Home Improvements, and Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Uh, yeah, I'm not looking forward to going outside. <sighs> I am. I'm not. What is it? Uh, 10 degrees. Ugh, please. 10. 10. I mean, really. And it's in, uh, I don't know if it's supposed to get any colder than that, but that's, uh, that's awful. Don't we have that? So- I edited that song. It's in there. It's in the. It's in the computer. I just saw it last week. Uh, which one? It's the rodeo song. Oh, you it's, got that. It's me... edited too. Are uh, you sure? I, it's very edited. I would never put it something like that in there. Does it say edit on it? Uh, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, there you go. All right, right I got it. it. You ready? Go. Okay. Yep. Well, it's 40 below and I don't give a f- Got a heater in my truck and I'm off to the rodeo And it's Alamana left and Alamana right Come on, you f- let me get your right step right Get off stage, you goddamn f- you know You piss me off, and f- jerk Get on my nerves <laughs> What a How great classic become, like, <laughs> it, There's really no substance to that song Other no. than it's got a the good little ditty to it, and uh, really no but substance that, but, to the lyric. But do you remember, like, uh, yeah, back in the day when you know, someone would play that on the jukebox? I had it. Well, there was a whole album. Uh, it was called the Copulation Compilation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there were several songs on that album right. by different artists. I th- it was uh, Kempadada's Wet Dreams was on it, too. Oh, of course. Um, and there are some other ones that I... Can't even say. Yeah, and you can't even edit because it would take pretty much take out everything. Uh, our friend Red Peters was on that album as oh, well. Oh yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. So you know that it had kind of edgy stuff to it. So yeah, and and and, and Red Peters is a genius. He is a genius. <laughs> he actually, actually, he is. It, it, uh, and he's he's very musically inclined. Too. Oh yeah, he does more than just the, the, mm-hmm. the just the filthy songs. Yeah, but, good stuff. Oh, awesome stuff. It's uh, just about 8.56 on Rock 102. Bourbon Barbecue and Blues is back on...